Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 148 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. This afternoon, we are in glorious Norfolk, Virginia, with Kevin, co-founder of O'Connor. Mate, thank you for having us. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. Great to be here. Yeah. First time in the area. It's beautiful weather. This weather's crazy. It it's is like a, a hairdryer. No, it's a heat wave right now. Yeah? How do you feel about it as a... Uh, are you a Virginian? Oh, born and raised yeah. right here. Yeah. How do, you, how do you deal with this? Um, It's not this bad every year. No? No. This is really bad? This is really bad. Okay. I think it's been supposed to go on for like another week for 110 115 degree weather so yeah i haven't felt anything like we were just in jamaica like a week and a half ago i'm not even probably wasn't even that bad no No. it was pretty hot yeah they were complaining all jamaica's were like this is crazy but i hadn't experienced like that like i I guess it's humidity but it's like it's it's all humidity here there's no cool breeze i think maybe here compared to say richmond or even alexandria with the the coastal breeze maybe i don't know i mean sometimes you get to richmond Mm. in charlottesville they'll uh it'll feel like an oven just because the, yeah, the, you're not it just, the, it just yeah. literally gets stuck in the mountains, gets stuck in the valley or whatever you want to call it. Down here, you know, we at least we have the the Chesapeake Bay wind. We'll have the Atlantic Ocean wind. Um, but right now, we're in the middle of the city, so. Right, so we're just copping yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> at least everywhere is air-conditioned. I do respect that. Yeah. Like, everyone has made sure that there's, like, plenty of, like, cool spaces. It has to be. Right? Yeah. Man, it's just, uh, like, I don't want to complain too much. We're in Canada, and it gets pretty damn cold, and it's a really rough winter. Yeah. So I don't want to be complaining during the summer, so you're just sucking it up, you know? Well, that's what everybody does here. They'll start complaining <laughs> right <laughs> now, waiting for winter, and then all of a sudden, we'll, we'll have that one 12-inch, 18-inch snow, and everybody right. freaks out and wants the summer to come back. <laughs> It's crazy. Everybody forgets so e- so know, quickly. Right? So easily. Yeah. So easily. We're all, you can't please us humans. That's right. Um, so what are we drinking right now, bro? We're drinking uh, our proper lager. Yes. It's a hella style lager. About 4.5% alcohol. Real just your... For days like this, this is your it's everyday perfect. lawnmower beer. Yeah, so. lawnmower beer. Um, four and a half is great. What, uh, and you said we were just talking about it before. You had won a bunch of awards recently. Well, I guess not really awards, just more accolades. <laughs> um, accolades. Pace Magazine uh, rated their number four. They did a blind taste, I think, of 151 loggers throughout um, uh, the nation. There was uh, Craft Beer and Brewing Magazine tied it with uh, Firestone Locker in the Hellas category uh, for the for number one, which was great. And then, of course, Beer Street Journal called it simply fantastic. So that's something I'm very happy with. I can tell why. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Really good. This your, would you say it's your flagship at all? It, it is now, it is on our flagship rotate or our flagship list, but it's only been out for about three months now. Oh, right. So yeah, it's, so it's a brand new right. beer. Yeah. How's it going, I guess? It's going really the, good. People right are now. loving it. Yeah, and, people yeah. are drinking it. Uh, it's moving really well. Um, it's actually become the top spot here in the, uh, in the tasting room. Nice. But I think at the end of the day, I think, you know, when we were joking about this earlier, I think people are starting to get can get palate fatigue from IPAs all day long. Sometimes no. people just want a good damn beer and, yeah. and sit down with it. So I'm loving the uh, the trend that's moving towards like they call crispy yeah. boys, like the the lagers, dry hop lagers, oh, yeah. pilsers and stuff. It's like it is a, a nice and necessary uh, switch over. It, it yeah, it, a bit old sometimes. 
yeah, having I just, the same pace. Exactly. Like, I you mean, said the pastry stats, the fruited salads. Yeah. They're great. But like some just need to bring them back. Yeah. Um, so this stuff is good. So let's get into your story then, man. So how did you personally get into beer? And then how did that lead to this bad boy? Well, uh, you know, every typically like every brewer probably started out as a home brewer or the most part, dabbled yeah. in college, stuff like that. Mine went a little bit earlier, I guess. Um, you know, I'm of Irish descent, so I was always drinking, I guess, and always having a little bit of fun. I think at the end of the day, it was my freshman year in college, um, underage, ended up getting a... Uh, <laughs> underage, never. Never. They uh, ended up getting a, um, actually a homebrew kit from the local bottle shop. I was going in there all the time, and uh, I, uh, I could tell you the whole story. I take up half this podcast. <laughs> Kenny Lefkowitz. Okay. Rest in peace. Kenny Lefkowitz is a great guy. Um, but then he literally sat there and, you know, you keep buying all this good beer. Have you thought about making it? And I just said, I didn't even know you could do that. Right. And uh, so long story short, cooked my first few batches on a pot plate in my dorm room. Nice. Uh, and then we started brewing beer out uh, at a friend's apartment and just kept doing it. And uh, my actually that summer, I went, went to work for a brewery. Right. And like knew I and actually, yeah. Yeah. Actually, they paid me, which was great. Even better. But, um, that's when I knew I loved it. You know, I you get too many people that come to you like, hey, I've always wanted to work for a brewery. I'm telling you, it's not a glamorous job. You know, it's, it's hot, it's cold. It's, it's production, yeah, it's manufacturing. Exactly. You know? it's Especially on days like this. I right, mean, and you have to be lifting heavy things yeah. and running around. And these things yeah. aren't exactly air conditioning with the tanks. And no, stuff. no, I mean, there's some of my friends that do that. And uh, a friend that air you- Air conditioned the- Yeah, a friend of mine <laughs> up in uh, Richmond that you went and saw, I'm not gonna keep not gonna his name off this, but <laughs> he's like, he even said, he's like, I'm definitely getting air conditioned because when I used to work for you, it was uh, swamp oh, no. balls over here. Sorry about that. I put that on record. Hey, yeah, man, don't worry. Say what you like. It's yeah. your platform. But it's, uh, but he's right. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we look, we're looking at air conditioning and, and putting it into the whole facility, even on the brewery side, because okay. at the end of the day, if it make happy employees, productive employees, happy employees, creative employees, and things like that. No, that's a good point. Yeah. So were you, were you drinking craft before you uh, started um, home brewing? Or was yes. It, yeah? So yeah. were you like, how long ago approximately was that? Like if this place is 10 years old, uh, so that would have been... probably like in the... Late 90s? So I... Uh, 93... Oh, jeez. You're like, um, oh, Yeah, oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. Um, my all-time favorite, my go-to is still Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Um, if there's... If I'm in a backwoods town... And it's the only thing on a bottle or anything like that. That's the, that's the beer I would pick and choose. Okay. Um, Sam Adams and things like that. Right. Um, that's pretty much the only option. But so yeah, I mean, I'm a um, scrim scrimshaw. Uh, whoa! Oh. There he goes. Tough, Will, Big Will got that. <laughs> um, scrimshaw from. Uh, and then Acme, there's always West Coast breweries that were still selling over here. Um, there was actually a local pub where I grew up, uh, and it was uh, right down the street. And yes, I was in there underage, but it was uh, hey, one of those things it? that I was always the one drinking either a pint of Guinness or a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. So it was yeah. kind well, of the next next thing. And that was really the first craft beer bar around here. Right. So the, well, I mean, it's great that it even existed yeah. in the 90s. I mean, what, like, I, I assume then out of your friends, maybe was it like a bunch of you were doing it or you just were pressing? There was, there was about four or five of us that were real tight. We would go to like high school parties, you know, and things like that with, you'd still have your suitcase of Natty Light 
you know, but um, you'd always have under under my arm, there's always a 12 pack of Sierra Nevada. Right. So then you would go to your, your buddy's house, you take the milk and eggs and move them to the side and stick it in the back of the refrigerator. And no one's going to steal it anyway. And no one's going to, everybody's going to think it's their dad's beer, beer right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then we would sit back and, yeah, you would beer bong some natural lights, you know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't do it with like a craft like, beer. Yeah. <laughs> I've like, seen people do yeah, it. Like and, 12% uh, yeah, twelve percent Yeah, you imagine? I couldn't imagine. Well, you're talking ever. about diabetes <laughs> right there, instantaneous. Instantaneous. And, uh, so, I, what, what made you like do that then? Like, what, why were you drinking crafts? I just when, like. I guess I like the. Uh, I like. At the end of the day, I like the flavor. Uh, I think I, as I got more and more into craft beer, um, and again, this was during the first craft beer boom um i was enamored and i come from a, a long line of entrepreneurs i was enamored what you could actually make right. from the ground up right. um my, yeah, yeah my family's my dad's business was in retail so we had uh we were in the auto park uh game so we had uh you know 35 stores and there was it was just your retail place that you would go to it but i always joke i went from one white trash business to the next kind of thing uh <laughs> But, you know, my dad works in the business. He's retired, but yet still my Helps CFO. Nice. So, yeah. I love that, man. That's... He retired for a little bit, and he, he still likes to work, so keeps my book straight and things like that. And he's, he's a, it's a great year to bend. But, you know, instead of just being a retailer and you buy somebody else's product you sell, I had this, I guess, innate want to create beer all the way through the marketing process and then get it out to the consumer that way. Uh, so I think that's what's so cool about this industry. Not only the camaraderie, and, and I mean, at the end of the day, it's just beer, right? And at the end of the day, we can all have a beer together. Right. But it's that it's that I get joy into hearing ideas from our production team or hearing ideas from the tasting room team about, hey, what if we did this? And if I get excited, I think it really becomes a success. Right, because um, then you drive it. Yeah. yeah. There's been a couple things that I didn't think were going to be successful or I wasn't completely behind, but I, I, we did it anyway and it was a huge success and I was like, I got right. proven wrong. Okay. So. <laughs> That's probably good, right? Yeah. So now you're going to not, not only go with your gut, but like yeah. trust the people who are serving the folks who well, are Well, and asking. that's the one thing. I mean, like the girls behind the bar right now, Tasha and Sharon, they've been with us. Sharon, Tasha's been with yeah. us forever. Um, she's you know smiling face. Everybody knows her. Everybody loves her. But I can bend her ear and say, what can we do better here? What can we do better in this unit of the company over on the other side? Or then ask her about beers that she likes. Because, again, that's a whole dem different demographic right. than some of the burly men on the other side that, oh, right. we want to make another IPA. Well, right. let's see what these girls want and let's let's really look at a different aspect. So, right. So you sort of tapping all, all angles. Really. Oh, yeah. You have plus, to. Yeah, because she's talking to the, the consumers who come in and maybe they'll ask for certain things mm -hmm. and she'll see the trends and maybe exactly. she'll Instagram with the kids and what they're drinking and yeah. stuff. So we're, we're sort of talking earlier, like it was almost wish we hadn't recorded it, but we get into it. Like we had, you had uh, a bunch of super interesting things because you guys have been around for 10 years now, right? Yes. So the 10th anniversary this year or past 10th already? anniversary technically is St. Patrick's Day 2020. Right. September, yeah, September is when we were founded, I guess. Okay. So this September would really be our 10th year in business. Yeah. But we use St. Patrick's Day as our... Smart. Yeah, well... Excuse to throw up, buddy. Yeah. O'Connor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, why not? So yeah. there's an interesting thing in beer that we, what we were just talking about was that a lot of the... There's the sort of three essentially 
sort of categories of breweries. There's the triple OGs, the Sierra Nevada, yep. Sam Adams, and stuff like that. Every sort of country or state province has yep. those breweries. Then there's the new hype guys, like some of the ones in Richmond, the ones that've been around two, three, four years, yep. making the hype beers, getting the lines out the door every Saturday, whatever. Yep. And then there's sort of where you fit in, which is around the ten year mark. So you're not old, you're not new, but someone you said the other day referred yeah. to you as one of the older guys yeah. and you're like what? Yeah. Like, so that is an interesting I think it's a fascinating topic just because it's something that doesn't really get discussed enough as far as like what does that mean for a brewery that's been around 10 years in this 2019 world? I think it's it, it's a double edged sword really I mean I think at the end of the day it's it's good because there's a lot of people out there that they can we have reliable product you know good clean consistent product over and over um, like I mentioned earlier, it's the, the smaller guys that are flexible. Right. You know, when you back when we started, you were have you had to have a flagship beer. You had to make that over and over again to be able to get into the the grocery chains, and you had to get Which that. Was the game, right? Yeah, that was it. Well, that's all we had. Right. You know, we had to get our beer out because well, again, when we started, we didn't have we weren't allowed to have tasting rooms in Virginia. Right. So when did that change, by the way? Sorry, though. Gosh, about now about six years ago. Okay. So it's a. Uh, and again, once that bill, once that law got signed in, or that bill, or whatever, I'm not a lawyer or politician. Whatever it is, yeah. Yeah, when it's, <laughs> once it got signed into law, uh, that's when you saw an explosion in Virginia of craft beer openings. Right. And um, so, again, you, you could open up something as big as this tasting room and put a you know, one-barrel system in and really have some fun with it. Right. Um, with us, again, it was a completely different thing. I think nowadays... You know, leading back onto the double-edged sword, I think a lot of the things right now is that the, I don't want to say the younger group, but the ones that are getting into craft now can perceive us as too big. Right. So why should we support them when they're already so big and they're, you can find their beer everywhere uh, versus why we're going to support the smaller, this perceived smaller guy because he just opened up and things like that. Um, I'm here to say it, and I, I've said it to a lot of my friends in the industry that there are big guys and there are small guys that don't make great beer. Um, I think we're all in it for the same reasons. And I enjoy stopping at all types of beers, whether it's Sierra Nevada or our friends down the street that are smaller that are making some fantastic beer because their attitudes are awesome. The way they present themselves is great. Um, and I like that about it. I think uh, the challenges that our section has, you know, the the mid-size regional size yeah. is that you have the bigger guys uh, the, the Sam Adams especially Sam Adams but like oh, the stones dogfish too, yeah. the dogfish is, uh, even like dogfish even when they were on their own the uh, the Firestone walkers and, and things like that the ability to penetrate a market and, and get share of mine because they are that big mm-hmm. uh, versus the flexibility of one that maybe perceives smaller and more more local than I am, um, they're getting they're getting that immediate share of mine of the consumer walking in off the street. The bigger guys are getting the share of mine from their wholesalers to push more more product. So that's that's the really the delicate balance I call it the purgatory of craft beer. You know, we've, we're able to get to this point. Is how do we edge up a little bit further than that just to kind of get a little breathing room, I guess. Where, where would you say you guys are positioned in that? Because that's a really good point. Like, and we were talking about it earlier about the gateway of breweries. So I think you guys are much 
beyond the not. I wouldn't consider you. You have gateway beers. Yes. But I wouldn't call you like a gateway brewery that only makes a certain type of, you know, like to take away the coolers and blood drinkers. I think the uh, the gateway beer for us when we started, this is still a blue collar town, <laughs> uh, so we needed to make pale ales and red ales and stuff like that for everybody. And that actually was what got us going. Um, it's making the cool, fun, unique beers and really having a lot of fun with it. The, the uh, get the creativity juice is fine. That's what's really good. And what I mentioned to you, even off, off air, uh, the little guys, I was always enamored with my friends that had the flexibility, uh, the ability to make a beer, you know, a banana wit today and a hazy this tomorrow and a pastry stout the next day. They make it once, if it sells, it sells. If it doesn't, they don't make it again. We don't have that, you know. We got big, no. big tanks no over there. System. We that so that's where I invested in a couple of years ago, and we put a seven barrel pilot system. In. Uh, our pilot system is bigger than some of the breweries, you know. That, <laughs> I was gonna say seven and I don't want to sound like a, I don't want to sound cocky or anything, like that. <laughs> but it allows us because you know our taste room is big, so it allows us to make beers just for here. Uh, but also give us that extra, uh, that longevity of people who can't get in there on that release day to come in and, and grab a beer. Right. And allow it, at least give us that week for people to come in and try it. And uh, we're still moving through a lot of that beer very, very quickly. Uh, but it's really, but I, what I love about it is it's really allowing the brewers just to have fun again and to get really creative and to uh, bend over backwards with a lot of different things. This is my wife right here, by the way. Oh, beautiful. She works in the business too? Yeah, she's the head of marketing. Nice. Yeah. Perfect. Is she sort of the one who sort of direct? Does she work, like we were talking before once again about social media and how you guys are really on point with that. So does she have a hand in that or was like... No, she does. She does. Yeah? Yeah. That's great. Um, She's she's the one who lit the fire. There was the proverbial shitter girl at the pot moment. That was her. Right. So So that was one of the things, like I said, I guess we're going to keep rehashing things we said before because it was actually a really good convo. Um, but the you know the fact that you guys as well that Drew when I had was given like a list of, from multiple people about here's who you should hit up I'm like I didn't even know where to start because I really didn't have a gauge except for like two or three breweries yeah. and when I said, saw your Instagram I was like it's a brewery that takes itself seriously and I, I don't know for, for even if you think of it like that I'm looking for someone to interview to them for promote and, and sort of talk about this stuff and that's what drew me so imagine from a consumer wanting to drink exactly and they're going to have the same maybe even harsher yeah because um, I know that there's still a good good people behind the brewery even if their Instagram sucks yeah it could be great too and I need to decipher that but the consumer doesn't care like this is fun. so it's like it's really cool that you guys have sort of that focus I mean you don't get this big well like we talked about I mean if you can't in the, in the, day, the age of Instagram even Facebook if you can't grab that person's attention a with a picture or with emojis or whatever the hell I don't handle this by the way uh, yeah, you know and again I got friends of mine that I'm enamored with how well they do social media yeah. uh, because again for me perception can become reality if it's not already reality but again the more the shares get the more mindset that because again it's all about share of mind if you can get people's attention oh I gotta have that beer oh I gotta have this I love their space I love this whatever it is you're getting the people in and it's always me again goes back to the business aspect of it is I'm really trying to measure all that because if we're going to boost a post or we're going to do something and we're not selling beer then what the hell are we doing what's it for yeah yeah so, so social media is an interesting one this is what we talk about a lot is that it, it's it doesn't always uh that we call it the gray area because it's not always a way to prove 
that that post or that person liking it or following yep. is going to result in them either coming a here dollar. or purchase a dollar yeah, in your pocket. Exactly. So it's one of those things though, but if it's the same token, if you don't have a presence, then what does that cost you? Yeah. I feel like these people, a lot of bruises is an interesting one because like you were talking, another thing earlier, um, I love about the States is a much more of an entrepreneurial slash sort of business approach to beer, which I appreciate because while it's like nice to have the cloud, head in the clouds, like creative, whatever, that's dope, but it's still a business and you need to be able to make money. You need to grow that. People sort of forget. Like we've had yeah. people specifically tell us we don't want to get too big we just, and that's fine because everyone has varying aspirations. You don't have to be big to make money. No, it's got to, it still has to be a streamlined process and yeah. you're bringing people in for the most cost effective way and technically you don't have to even boost the post. Yep. post on social and people can still come through. Yeah, I mean, I would like to see the next round of people come out that don't do any social media and see... Just win. It, it just win it. And I will be that guy's fan, I'll tell you that. Do you know what? Yeah. Some, some of them, some of them, I think, have achieved that. I can't think off the top of my head who, but I think that's also almost like it's an outlier. Have you, versus... ever, have you ever seen uh, Stillwater... He's from Baltimore, yeah. Brian yes. Strumke. Yes, I have he's just he, he, he's the the nomadic brewer, and does he it's have like a gypsy this, brewer? Yeah, technically exactly. It, that doesn't gypsy have doesn't have a facility. No bricks and mortar. Uh, built a following on just showing up and brewing, and uh, I've always been a big fan of what he's done because that, that is truly the less is more. You know. Yeah. And, Got his name out there. He's doing his well. Hand designs are yeah. like just light, like patterns and stuff. I think he's in Belgium right now. I think I just right. saw a post. <laughs> I gotta, he's having a good time. I got to get off social media. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe you got to get on a wall. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you should be out in Belgium. I know. Right? Right. Right. Yeah. See, like, maybe he's a he's an outlier too. Though, yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. That totally. Made, but like you can do whatever you, you can sort of finesse it. However, yeah. and also the Kellers of the world and stuff like that's that. That's true. That's yeah. a good, really good idea. Yeah. Um, Omnipolar. Same yeah. thing. I don't know. Exactly. Facility. So, I mean, like, there are a few that are doing it that way, but I still like Omnipolo's marketing is exceptional. Yeah. And they also made a name making crazy-ass beers. Yeah. Like, that was kind of their thing. So, there's no, like, rule book, really. Yeah, there's and no rule book. It's an interesting time for someone like yourself, like, as far as the year, the time you've been around, and what you've been able to do in that 10 years, and then what's, like, I think the, the thing, like, how do you, like you said, like, what do you need to do? Because there's, the, there's specific challenges that you're facing that, the new guys aren't facing and maybe someone who are much larger like the Sierra Nevadas don't really deal with either so it's like very unique oh. things that you're dealing with is that accurate? There's I mean I think every stage of the game there's specific things yeah and there's probably generic things as well I mean everybody's going to have their their equipment breakdowns and do you have preventative maintenance and right. check and stuff like that the bigger guys have been doing it so long you know for 30 years they probably already know when to change a pump before the pump dies they already have all that and, and we do that now because we've gotten to that point right. you know when when a when a friend of mine down the street that's smaller than us when his pump goes down he'll call us hey do you got an extra seal yeah we do kind of thing and we're always here to help and i think sierra nevada is the same way and uh some of the bigger guys that i've met like stone and, and richmond now i mean i can pick up the phone and call those guys if i need anything um but i think i think everybody's everybody's going to have problems right everybody's going to have issues that arise it's just are they i think determining the size of your company are they going to be expensive problems or are they going to be less expensive problems but i think at the end of the day most people should just look at problems and if you can't you know overcome it and move forward then 
you shouldn't be in business. Yeah, so, absolutely. Because you're gonna you're gonna end up you're always gonna have problems. Yeah, so. totally. They, absolutely. As far as that's concerned, and on top of that, I guess now there's like say the scaling specific problem. So it's like you've got to this point. You got to, how how large is this facility? Like what's we're your, doing about eighteen thousand barrels per year. Yeah. Um, so that's significant. Yeah. Is it in the scheme of, scheme of things in the state, maybe? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it puts us at like number two. In the state? Yeah. Oh, wow. Number crazy. two or three or something like that. Right. So, so, like, you're doing serious volume. I mean, you got the tap yeah. room, but you're also in. The serious volume turns into you're too big. So, right. So then yeah. there's like, out, like, you're still well, well, well on the, the crafting is like six million or whatever it is. Oh, barrels. hell so yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. I'm no Sam Adams. I still I haven't really heard that many people being like, oh, they're too big to support. Maybe yeah. that's a thing down here a bit more. No, like it's only like oh, they got bought by AB. We're not supporting it. That's oh, well, that kind of thing. Like, that's that that kind of thing gets kind of I even think that gets thrown out of proportion. I mean, I've seen too many people get bought by Anheuser Busch. You know, the thing is with me, my personal opinion on that is you don't know what their financial situation was like. You know, when Wicked We got bought, you know, you should. I mean, the backlash. Around the was insane. Like yeah, yeah. I, I mean, you have no idea how much money they went from this big to this big overnight. Right. This shit costs money, a lot of money, and mm-hmm. you know, the, it's a capital-intensive game to play. Yeah. And if you got to sit there and go to a bank and be like, "I need another twenty million. I need another this," eventually, the any bank's going to say, out. "Yeah." Any bank's going to say no. Yeah. And we're going to keep. How are you going to keep feeding the beast to keep growing? That's where I think. I don't want to say I'm the only one, but I feel like we've gotten to the point. We, we've grown responsibly. We've managed our debt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can keep growing without going overburden ourselves. I don't need to build another facility. I don't need to build five restaurants or anything like that. Right. Uh, we have places to put the product right now. And if we grow, we add tanks. If we don't, we don't. Right. And I think at the end of the day, um, looking at cost savings, anything like that is a business side. Some of my employees call it big corporate vibes. Right. I'm not corporate at all. But I think at the end of the day, if you keep looking at it that way, and it's a chess game, right? And Absolutely. You can sit there game. and keep keep your head above water, and then it's all good. you should be good. Right. You know? Where, where, are you, where would you like to be with, from based on where you're at now? Is there any, like, end goal, or is it kind of uh, like to see what happens? You know, I never, I, I never mm. ever said, like, I have to get to 100,000 barrels to make me, make me feel good. I really, I, I, I said it at the beginning when we started, even I'll say it again now, I, I'm going to take this as far as the consumer will let me. Okay. I just, I don't want to force it down anybody's throat. I mean, I'm a big fan of founders uh, products. I think founders, I mean, they just opened up Hawaii apparently. In Hawaii? Yeah. Oh, Not a facility, but like sending beer down there. Wow. And so they've just wrapped out 50 states. It's like, where else do you go from there? I mean, other than like Europe and stuff National, like that. Nowadays, so, yeah. And granted, they're, is that, I think it's San Miguel. San Miguel, what, 30%, yeah. 30% or 35%? Yeah. So took them out of craft. Took them out of the they craft. Were, we interviewed them. They weren't happy about that. Okay. Because they were like, well, they increased it every year for Sam Adams. But they increased the, the barrel, the volume. But then it's but like it's, 5% it's, it, off for us. And now we're not craft. Exactly. That's, and they were pretty understandably upset. I guess. I, I, it, it, they should be. Mm. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, yeah. they're not, you know, they're way underneath the barrel of Mark. I think at the end of the day... Yeah, I mean, buy back 5% or whatever. I don't even know how much it is, but... Yeah, right. You know. Just to, just to make... I mean, like they sort of unfortunately made a few little mistakes with the uh, diversity issue yeah. recently. So, like, like, people just aren't messing with them. They made a pretty bad mistake with that. Yeah. But, like, I mean, the beer's still great, but I think, Again. like, I don't know how they're going to come back from that because that's the one thing people haven't forgiven. I was... I haven't seen anybody... 
I've seen a lot of people stop supporting them because yeah. of that, which is always interesting in this day and age as well, like something like that, quite touchy. Yeah. Which, of course, even you mentioned earlier, that yeah, and I, from what I've seen, even from being here for half an hour or so, like you have quite a diverse team, which is pretty rare. And like you said, a white trash business, like <laughs> in like craft beer, where it's just whole white people. White well, you know, beards and, I'm thinking, you know, you see this in so many online magazines now, you know, where are, where, where's the ethnic groups in, in craft beer? Yeah. Um, it's not really and it, it is still a, a, a white man's game and things like that uh, we have actually we have two females on that side uh, nice. you just saw Desi come by he's one of our warehouse leads um, Just these are just great people to have on board um, and they're fun to hang out and have beers with Right. Um, I think the more and more as this industry mm. grows and like you said about founder, I mean, there needs to be more inclusion. Um, it's the key. And it's I not, I don't think it needs to be governed. Like you have to have a woman, female brewer or anything like yeah. that. But if there's somebody mm. who comes up and they're really, you know, don't mm. overlook it. Don't, don't get yourself in that position. I think at the end of the day, you know, if the right person fits the right job, then give that person the job. We had, uh, Ariel, who's our, uh, who's actually on the brew team. Um, she came to us. Not only do I generally like her, uh, she brings a lot of creativity, um, a lot of different ways of looking at stuff. Just like I was talking with Tasha behind the bar, uh, you know, if I don't listen to everybody, it's hard as a business owner to listen to everybody and then make a decision because it's not a democracy here. I mean, at the end of the day, this has got my name on the building and we got to make the right decisions. And I may not make all the right decisions, but I'm damn sure going to sit there and listen to you and and Jenna she's one of our packaging leads she looks exhausted (laughs) coming out of a 115 degree day yeah it's a lot uh, but she's great too right always has fun thank you Jenna (laughs) now the diversity thing we we talk about a lot Uh, we focus on and we got a bunch of friends mostly in the states who are sort of really trying to drive that in in every element differently able and LGBT gender ethnicity all of those elements it's just because it's sort of like it's tough for breweries particularly like to say the hype ones why would they think that they need to go up I'm not even talking employment I'm talking like the clientele as well yeah like, well, why do I need to go and try and like get someone else when I have a pan release with a hundred people out the door every Saturday like so it's hard for sometimes for people to understand but there's only so many white dudes with beards that can frequent your spot so at the end the fact that humans are diverse beer clientele needs to be diverse in order for it to grow to the level that's going to crack like you were saying right now it's in a bit of a decline so for it to come out I think so I I guess I'm just lucky to be in a neighborhood um, that is diverse I I think at the end of the day um, this used to be a hundred year old peanut company and every forklift driver and every peanut shucker or whatever they're going to you know you call it when they got off work, they came over here and had beers. Right. And we knew them, and we actually worked a deal with them for discounts, you know, with the company because they were the ones who actually gave us our pecans for our pecan porter in the wintertime. Right. So it was, yeah, and, and they were just, these guys, I got to be honest with you, probably had no idea what craft beer was. But then they came in here, and then all of a sudden, what we've noticed is that they started finding beers that they liked. Uh, you'll, it's, what's today, Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday, Thursday okay. Give it a minute. Yeah. Rich might be coming here in a minute. Yeah. Rich, Rich has been a solid fan of ours for a long time. And 
he likes our black IPA. And, uh, Underrated beer? Yeah, he just, he, but he, he drinks it like it's nobody's business, and he's in here all the time. Right. And, uh, you know, he's, he's active. Uh, I don't know. I, again, I think, I think just because where I'm located, it brings in all types of people. So it hasn't and, been as much of a, uh, a conscious challenge for you because you're looking at your tapper. I mean, to be honest, there's a group of guys before that were a diverse mix of people as well, Yeah, which is sick. I'm seeing that a lot more here than in other places, to be fair. I, you know, like we, we have thrown events. Um, Jarrell, who, who does a thing around here, uh, I always butcher it, Nomarama, Namarama. Oh, I know uh, him. I was talking okay. about yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Great guy. Yeah. So we started off with like his burger uh, challenge. Um, you know, in between you know, hip-hop music and uh, burgers. Um, that brought out a huge crowd of diversity. Uh, then we did a, over, it was around Halloween, we did this thing, um, it was a shake and skate, and it brought out not only younger generation skaters, uh, it brought out a, uh, the hip-hop community as well. Right. We had DJs outside and things like that. Sick. We built up half pipes and things like that to cool. have people skating. So that right there brought in not only a young uh, urban mentality, but a whole diverse from the uh, the black urban community that right. came out for the music. Then the and great then thing is, is well, and then yeah, yeah and then that's, you know, and then like as you can see, our uh, rainbow uh, every year we've been voted the uh, the number one brewery for uh, LGBT. Nice. And I mean, at the end of the day, why not? You know, I got family members. That are gay and right. it, it don't affect so, me. Yeah, they still drink beer. Right, everyone. So, yeah. I, mean, it's, I think it's more like a like they don't like people who aren't traditionally exposed to it. Like for whatever, there's a multitude of reasons. Yeah. so it's like what I guess you're doing somewhat intentionally, and it seems like somewhat by happenstance based on the locality. I think it's locality majority. And just like, hey man, like come yeah. through, guys. Like every is never a problem, so you are yeah. attracting that. I mean, dope. if I if I ever saw anybody have a problem with one of our clientele, I mean this. Again, like we were talking about before we got on, you know, we need to grow the share. We need to we need to bring more people into the fray that wants to drink craft beer. Oh, yeah. um, if we if we isolate people or make them feel stupid when they come in here, I mean, it's intimidating as it is right now with twenty four taps, and you're looking yeah. at these boards going, "What the hell is this?" and "What's the difference between a tropical IPA yeah. versus <laughs> this or versus that?" and "What's a noble IPA?" You know if if we're not educating them and, and creating fans of these people, what are you really then doing? What, are we, what are we really doing? Yeah. You know, because I can't drink all this beer by myself. <laughs> I mean, Maybe you could. I could. Yeah. You get the diabetes pretty quick. Yeah. To be real. <laughs> Did you want to go for something else? I want to bring that one back up. Yeah. <laughs> the other diabetes. Should what's, we get our beer? Yeah, yeah man. Beer. What's, the, uh, what's the move? You mentioned a bunch of stuff. There was a, the, there was the that. Good Vibes Gozes is really good if you like tart. Love it. I love okay. everything. Yeah. So add that. There was you mentioned. I'm gonna do the tropical IPA so you can taste that. Alright, let's do that one. Really Legend. Yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, it's been very cool, guys, to see the the difference, you know, the diverse crowds coming in here even since we've been here. It's uh, it's super cool and the place is huge. So um, the Nomarama dude just like Tiff, you just mentioned that Nomarama guy, Jarrell, who's who Eric called on the phone and who the waitress at Jackson 20 also mentioned. So he did an event here. So three times. So dude, what up? Hopefully, I don't know if he knows who we are, listens, but I'll give him a shout. I think we're going to try and link tomorrow to tell him where we're going to be at. No, he lives out here. It's just today he couldn't do anything. Yesterday he said he could, but I was like, it was like afternoon and we weren't coming down. 
So, um, no, so this is yeah, basically the tap room is pretty big, I think. Is that like more tap room through there, Seth? Like, uh, I, more seats. More seats. I thought it was Yeah, no, but through there and then up there. Damn. Thank good you, vibes. sir. Oh, yeah, so it's called Good Vibes? Yeah. All right, and it's a. It's a Goza with passion fruit. There's more. Orange guava. Orange and guava. Yeah. Oh, I love guava. All right, let's get the photo. Yeah. Is it labeled? No. Nope. Not labeled? People keep stealing these glasses. Right, so you're cheeky. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Legend. Cheers. Cheers, brother. Oh, hell yes. What's the ABV on that? That's nice and light. Just what we need today. It's only 5%. Five? Yeah, so easy drink it for you. Has that got lactose or anything in it? It's super creamy. That does not. Uh, the apricot. We need to get that. Up. Yeah, we're going to get that. Everybody Ooh. loves parfait out oh, at Rolling Rice. I really um, like that one. It does have a little bit of lactose in it, so it's got thing. that cream. We have it. Lactose pisses beer people off. It's oh, yeah. Bad. We have a Twitter account called Team Lactose. Nice. Just to annoy him. And there's only talk about anyone doing milkshake IPAs and stuff. Um, this is dope, man. Nice and balanced, too, with all the, the fruit. So what, as far as the... Um, the the different varieties that you've got like you can or package everything or what's yeah. the sort of like because I mean you got twenty four taps I'm seeing there there's like it's probably like ten or twelve in the fridge there so fortunately unfortunately we have about seven flagships okay. which even it's too much for anybody so there's probably some rearranging for twenty twenty it's coming up um, when we twenty twenty the year 2020 uh, oh yeah it's coming soon gotcha yeah i guess it's uh, already uh in the july we got a streamline i think you know having a, a tighter portfolio especially for things like going outside the business uh allows for more things that can stay inside the business right. um 24 taps is, a, is can be a challenge um I, I got friends that would sit there and take one base beer and make 15 different beers and boom there you go there's 15 taps right. but i think at the end of the day as you can see there's not really anything that is the same. No, not um, at all. Completely different. But it goes back to what, like, we just talked about diversity, right? Okay. Yes, sir. Um, the one thing you just said about that balance, I'm a big proponent of balanced beer. Uh, I've always been. I don't think anything, I remember back in the 90s when uh, whose hot dick could be bigger than the next kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was just, yeah, 65 IBUs, 75 IBUs, 120 yeah. IBUs. <laughs> and it's like, Man, I felt my teeth, the enamel on my teeth burning off. I said, what the hell are we accomplishing here? Um, how, how much alcohol can we put into a bomber or a can of beer? Um, so I think, is it still going? Okay. Is it good? Oh, just... Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. no, you tell the come in. The, uh, but I, I've always preached to have a wide variety of beers, whether it's low ABV to high ABV, whether it's adjunct beers to hazy IPAs, whether it's traditional West Coast IPAs to Gozos and things like that. I don't, I think you all, you need in this, this climate of craft beer, you need to have something that everybody can do. Right. There are more people now that all they make are hazy IPAs or all they make is this, there's really nothing I can drink there. Um, the challenge that breweries have right now, especially in America, or let me say, I don't want to say America because I know it's only, I know Virginia particularly, is that I can't sell somebody else's wine and I can't sell somebody else's cider or something like that. So gluten has become a real thing. Uh, you know, like an issue. Well, just a 
pretty tough to get her. Hey, I'm coming in with my wife. Do you have anything that's gluten-free? No, I don't. Okay, well, then we're probably not going to come today. Right. Okay, so we're, we're looking at ways to do some gluten-reduced beers um, because I do think that's, you know, health and wellness are a big thing now. Close, yeah. And I think we want to start adding some of those to our lineup. Um, I think at the end of the day, we, I want to be able to have the this should be an experience right. and I want everybody to enjoy it. If you can't come in here because you're gluten intolerant or whatever the case may be, then let's add something to the mix. And do you have, so you have, uh, in Canada, just, I know every single place is different, but they have essentially like a tap room license and you can have like a brew pub license and there's certain variants of those where it allows you to bring guest taps, wine, liquor and stuff. So is that a, is that a thing here or because so there's a, a there, we have, you can have a restaurant license. Okay. Now you can have a beer and wine only restaurant license, and you can have a full restaurant license for liquor, beer, wine. Right. Um, here we have a manufacturing license, and this is the and this is for what you create. Exactly. Gotcha. So, tap, so like a tap I guess okay. I could probably sign up for a couple more licenses. I don't know. I wonder if it's available because of the, the crazy. Laws well, so in like up. Virginia, you have to have some kind of food sales. Yeah, you have food to have like liquor or something like that it. in it. So. I don't know. And there's the farm wineries. Yeah, we do that. Right. So but it's it like, has a, to be... like a proper, like a kitchen prepared yeah, type of food. I got it. And I guess food trucks don't cut it for that no. type of thing. Now yeah. you need a full thing. So it is kind of stuff. One thing I noticed that absolutely is not a thing in Canada is like the hard seltzers and even like a hard kombuchas and stuff. Is that... It will be a thing. Yeah. It's starting to like, I, I'm seeing more and more people talk about it and yeah. breweries at it. Um, I is that something you guys are you one allowed to do it and two are you interested in that type of stuff like, uh, yeah we just did one oh you did nice. uh, we just it, it actually we sold out of it here uh, Stellar Seltzer Stellar Spike Seltzer right. so it's um, we did it strictly for the gluten free people right so, there's so there's none on draft right now because they have to make more but uh, there are actually some more right now that they're going to be blending hopefully in the next few weeks to put back on draft nice um, I'm not gonna lie, I like it, yeah. but I'm not gonna sit there and drink it all day. Right. It's uh, is it like flavored or is it? It's like, flavored. I, we did a blackberry acai, and I say it right, acai. acai. Yeah. acai uh, yeah. We did a grapefruit tangelo, and then we did a uh, strawberry mango kiwi. Jesus. Uh, the strawberry mango kiwi was extremely sweet, so we're probably not gonna do that one anymore. Okay. I really like the blackberry one. Um, blackberry so good. Underrated. The the girls on this side really like the grapefruit tangelo. Yeah. Um, it's a bunch of fun, like yeah, and like, what's the liquor base that you use for that? Like, how does uh, that we used um, uh, it was almost a rice extract. Right. The brewers yeah. know better than I do. And you, you can make it here. Yeah. So you, but you have. Well, to make believe it. me, the ABC alcohol. Makes you. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they call me. How was this made? You know, it's not a distilled spirit. You know, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a flavored malt beverage, and that's what our license is—a malt beverage. Gotcha. Okay. So, and there's another one. I wonder if that's the same type of thing. One of my friends works for a brewery in Detroit. He was telling me about these, like they call them like malt tails. Like we make these cocktails with this malt liquor base thing. Yeah. So maybe it's the same concept. I, I don't recall the specifics, but yeah, uh, mocktails can be anything. I mean, we've done shandies here, where we just take some uh, San Pellegrino and mix it with beers. I've seen mocktails. Um, oh no, malt tails. Oh, malt tails. Like, oh. That's what he called it. Is his word for it. I wasn't sure if it's a thing or not. I was saying some yeah. sort of malt. It sounds like maybe what you're talking about. Some sort of malt-based liquor 
that they would therefore use to make a hard seltzer, or you could that's use it as cool. base and then make cocktails from it. That's pretty like cool. Actual whatever, but that's alcoholic. I don't know what the ABV is. Yeah, I don't know. Water it down. That's actually whatever. yeah, that's something I need to look into. Right, I'll get I'll give you the name of the brewery so you can see yeah. what they do. But um, yeah, so it's interesting. I feel like it's that's a nice progressive thing that's happening in the states right now. Like, yeah, it's kind of cool, I guess. Right, like it's even if it's not for the beer drinkers, it's, it's sort of for the first time it's not about them for us well going back to like share what I'm noticing I mean 4th of July in America in our Independence Day there was I think White Claw was the first time ever that beer was not the number one selling item really? it was actually seltzer in America Really hard seltzer hard seltzer Jeez, and I think it is a huge thing and I think at the end of the day um I, I don't think it's going anywhere because it's a lifestyle brand, what they're saying, health and wellness and that kind of thing. But what I do believe is it's going to take away from the light beer drinkers, meaning the Bud Lights and the Coors Lights. So I think that move will move away from that and they'll move into I think so. Okay. Why do you think that? Um, you know, the perceived heaviness of a true craft beer. Right. I think if they're going for something light just to get drunk kind of thing, it's really easy to get some spritzy water that has alcohol less, on it. Less carbs. Yeah, you know, and everybody's trying to get rid of the man bod now, <laughs> the dad bod, whatever they call it, you know. Oof, it's out of control. Well, it happens. So it's the worst side effect. It happens. Aside from hangovers, it's the worst side effect of being goddamn. I don't know if it's a problem that I haven't had a hangover in so long. I yeah, don't, I don't know if just constantly drunk. Yeah, I, well, <laughs> I don't want to go that far. No crap. My kids will see this one day. So. Yeah, when, when, they, when they're old enough. Um, no, that's an interesting thing. I guess that, like, maybe, and like, maybe I wonder if palate fatigue also would play a role for beer drinkers looking for palate cleanser. Yeah, like either like a cleanser between like you're having, you, know, you could run through a, a menu. And, yeah, you know, you want something else completely. Even though generally we'd have like a lager, like you mentioned earlier, would be perfect for that. But maybe it's still heavy. Like, yeah. So something light, it's like just having a San Pellegrino or whatever without. Like a non-flavored sand belly type of thing. So I think you know, I, I do believe that. I think that's actually a good point. I think you know, with the the wine liquor business that have been eating at craft, been eating at beer as a whole for the last three to five years. Um, I think seltzer snuck in. Yeah, and I think I think I think it's a pull from everybody. Right, and hopefully it pulls. There will always be a craft beer drinker, yeah. um, you know, and I hate, I, hate, I hate using the term craft beer because to me nowadays it's just beer. Um, I think, but I do think the seltzer category will start taking away that that share that craft beer has always been looking for. So this might actually open up a door for us to keep growing our the market share as yeah, the craft sector. So. Which is essentially, you mentioned Sam Adams earlier, and I just I remember now that they're most of their business comes from their cider and their Truly, Angry Orchard, Angry Orchard that's and what's Twisted Tea Twisted Tea thank yep. you the hard iced tea they have Truly Seltzer what's tru- that's their Seltzer that's okay. their Seltzer so those are their main products I saw and that's and where they're seeing like they growth they with Dogfish because Dogfish do the crazy beer Sam Adams I mean craft beer drinkers aren't really drinking Sam Adams anymore and Sam Adams might as well be somewhat even though they're not uh, macro technically they're kind of more lumped in with that category as far as all their, their main things. So they're not known for beers anymore. Oh, yeah. So that's probably why they needed Dogfish, who are still in the old school type, because they're all, you know, what are they, 15, 20 probably in the game. 1995 is when they started. Shit, so 24. Yeah. Wow. So then their stuff is still kind of wild and crazy, like yep. a little bit, but in a different way, not in a hype way. Not like with the He still stuff. brings the hype. I mean, Sam from Dogfish is still one of the coolest 
guys there is in prep beer, and I believe that he is still probably craft beer's biggest ambassador. Yes, yeah. he's 20-something years old. He has big personality. So I don't care if you don't like 60 Men anymore. He's got Sequench and all this other stuff now that he does. He was, he was the... He's the inventor of weird beer. Sure. So, I mean, all the guy, every, everybody, what everybody's doing day, you know, hazy IPA, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Granted, his stuff was right. never hazy because never, because that went always against the the grain of what. Of course, it's no pun intended. Yeah, yeah, clarity was always, uh, it's a, it's you know, a good one. yeah, it's a good episode name. You know, like against that? the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Right that. Thank you, Ben. The uh, I think at the end of the day, he is truly the pioneer of craft beer. I, would, I mean, uh, don't don't get me Jim wrong. I, I, yeah, well, Ken Grossman, Jim Cook, yeah. uh, Fritz Maytag from Anchor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, these 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 are guys like, that I look up to. Top, top five, you know. Yeah. But then there's these like there's these cool cats nowadays that I actually. I mean, they're younger than me, so I can't look up to them. They're taller than me, so I can technically <laughs> look up to them. But I think at the end of the day, I'm I'm just I'm I'm pretty excited about what they're doing right. and where is craft beer going to be the next that. couple of years. So that just gave me a thought now. So what, like, as at the position you're at, where it's like, you're probably like, those guys are triple OGs, you're the OG, as we said. So, you know, you're like top two in Virginia. What, what's in, what's inspiring you now to sort of like, I mean, I know it's, there's the entrepreneur and the business person inside of you that is concerned about growth and stuff. But at the end of the day, you started as a brewer and a home yeah. brewer. Like you're still, I'm sure this is still an art form that, like what's inspiring you to do, you know, to do new stuff or whatever? Where does that sort of come from? Then, whether it's like are I get, you watching the OG guys, are you seeing the young kids? Like, where is that? You know, uh, I don't want to say jealousy is a negative word, but I think it's a it, it can be a motivator when you see something that is amazing outside of your own business. I get a lot of joy talking with our our production team. Uh, especially the younger ones, uh, like Spritzoli, this, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this, yeah, this brute Berliner Weiss uh, that one of our young guys came up with. Uh, and it's basically a twist on Aperol Spritz. Have you ever had an Aperol Spritz? You know what? I was I listened to a podcast and apparently because like they were talking about how I, I've never had one. Yeah. But they're everywhere across the world right now. It's like Aperol have yeah. gone on this marketing blitz. And, My like, wife came home with like three like, freaking bottles of Aperol and, like, and some Prosecco. And I started drinking them on the back porch. I'm like, this is freaking awesome. What's, what is Aperol? Excuse so Aperol, I'll be honest with you, I have no idea. It, it's like a... Like a Campari. It's like a... It's oh, like a, a bitter... I, yeah, kind of like a bitters. It's... Uh, what color is it? It's red. It's red. Oh, so it's like Campari. Yeah, just like Campari. Campari. So it's... Uh, so you mix it with Prosecco and it gives it like a bitter, fruity... Exactly. And it's... Uh, and that's what a spritz is? It's just with... It's just, that's what it is. Aperol spritz. And, and it, they actually marketing campaign. They actually... That's how it all started. They they marketed it as hashtag Aperol spritz or whatever. Jeez. And now it's a worldwide phenomenon yeah. and in the last few months though like the, it's yeah not, exactly it's a, definitely a summertime drink I think if, you know probably like a Lake Como Italy you know probably George Clooney or somebody drinking <laughs> one that showed up in New York City <laughs> and next thing you know it's through its the, ugly veins came yeah. down to here and but, that's amazing um, yeah so that's okay so he, they got the inspiration from that mm-hmm. and just made and that's like the thing nice is like you know if we talk about pastry styles and stuff like that I mean hell I mean some of the crap that my grandmother used to make, desserts, stuff like that, I could probably go make back to a her recipe version. and be like, yeah, make a beer version of that. So I do think we're getting a lot of, not just us, but I think a lot of our, my colleagues are getting ideas from grandmother's cookbook or whatever the case may be. And, you know, you look at, like, Other Half and 
who's another really great one that I'm loving. I mean, Jay Wakefield down in Miami. And they're doing some great stuff. They're, they're really doing some cool stouts. And the thing is, it's like stouts not just winter beer anymore. Right, you no, know, it's year round. People sit uh, in their air conditioned basements at yeah. uh, 115 degree days drinking 13% stouts. What do you Playing mean? Playing video, video games, their mom's basic. Yeah. That's not what we're going. You know, that's pretty much what they're doing. Let's be real. Uh, no, not my thing, but like I respect it. What is what your take on? I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna ask you a question now. What's your take on uh, Untapped and all that stuff? As far as uh, that's a great question. Yeah. Uh, an article on our blog recently, so like the ticker culture, like yeah. the collecting thing. Yeah. I use it, but I'm OCD. So you know, we're taking those photos. Yeah. I'm numbering them. So okay. I just hit five thousand recently. Nice. Which isn't really a big deal. As people have got like twenty, thirty thousand. I don't years. have. I don't have Untapped. You have Untapped. No. So okay, this I am ADD, <laughs> and I the couldn't opposite. even. Yeah, yeah, yeah you I could. I would be like, it's too much. Yeah. So like, I like. I'm gonna one day. One day, I'm just gonna check it. I'm gonna get on it. I'm gonna check like twenty thousand in one day. You should do it. They're gonna be like, like, like we'll yeah. yeah. ban you. Exactly. <laughs> like Kevin, no more. Um, I think I use it, but I don't use it in a judgment like. Beer, like when people are like reviewing beers, like who, who am I? Who am I? What do I know? I'm yeah. just a dude. I'm like, yeah, I've drank a bunch. I've spoke to people like yourself who are much smarter and yeah. like knowledgeable in this world than me. And I just soak it up and put that in, right? So I, I always say, even if I don't like it, it's very, very rare I have a bad beer. Yeah. But this isn't for me. But if you're into this, give it a crack. So I use it, to be honest, these days more as like a. Um, I used to have an Excel spreadsheet because there's so many to see if I'd had it, so whether I should review it. And then once I got onto Untapped, it's like, well, this is easier. I can just see if I've checked into it. Yeah. If I have, I've reviewed it, bam, it's all good to go. But like, it can also cause breweries to be like, because people come in here, they go, yeah, maybe you've got this flagship that you've tweaked over 10 years and it's perfect. Like, but what's new? Yeah. I don't care, but what's new? And I think a lot of breweries feel this pressure. Like we were talking about the, the weekend lines. Yeah. A lot of breweries are, are, are pumping out beers at ridiculous rates um, just to keep up with the demand of like, what's new. So I think yes. there's two sides. So I think it's cool to have like people giving you honest feedback, but then there's people who are dickheads who are like, I don't like bitter beers, one star. Yeah. I'm like, why are you drinking this West Coast IPA, dude? Like, exactly. stop it. So that pisses me off. If people, I, if people would just rate it to style. But people either rate it to, I don't- how many one star beers, let's be real, that on the market, it's just not possible. Who is so it? Uh, market? A friend of mine in Vermont. No, where is he? Is he in Vermont or Massachusetts now? Well, there's two stories. There's Sean Hill from Hill Farmstead. Yeah. Uh, a review he got. Uh, it was oh, like a, it was a one star, and I, yeah. I loved his comment back yeah, from the I, owner. Was that like the long? The yeah. Thing? I think it was like a full poke like blog post that went yeah. kind of viral. Yeah. In the viewer, yeah. I loved it, and I was like, I was like, wait, yeah, bravo. Yeah. Do you do you, buddy? You do exactly. you. And uh, the, the trolls then, don't deserve that much attention, but they I need, don't. I need, he you know, to, I uh, I remember. When we first started, um, one of our gold ale, it tastes like cider. And I remember uh, when I started, I hired a guy, and this guy got so livid, like ready to punch a hole in the wall. I looked at him and I said, You're never, we're never going to please everybody all the time. Oh, because people were being idiots on untapped. So it was just was one like, person. Oh, and he got mad I about said, it. if you're going to get mad about that one guy. Oh, dude. But wait, then there's... Like Sean Hill, but it was the is a, a guy that I know up in uh, it's Massachusetts where he's at, and it was basically like he got a uh, like got a girlfriend. Yeah, he yeah. got two, two. What is it? What is it? Untapped two caps. Oh, two star, stars. stars. Okay, yeah. they're stars still. Okay, still stars. Right? I don't even. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, he goes uh, two stars. 
yeah, it was freaking raining. I thought a tornado was going to happen. Uh, so I give this beer two stars. Wow. And I'm thinking to myself, your your whole rating system is because you're pissed off because you got caught in a flood or whatever the case may be. And that's how you're going to rate this guy's beer. And I know him as a pretty good brewer. Um, never had any of the beers that where he's working now. So I can't tell, you know, I can't be honest on that. But uh, I think at the end of the day, you're, but you, my friend, are a dick because you had a bad experience yeah. driving through the town, you know, and I just, that, that's where I think, uh, you know, now now apparently, you know, rape beers owned by Anheuser-Busch and all this stuff like that. I just don't know what to believe anymore. Are we? No, I'm just always yeah. making sure, if I'm looking, I just want to make sure it's still recording because okay. I always like, you can never trust electronic I'll talk equipment. forever. No, but we're, I'm in no I'm rush. A, I'm, a, is... I'm, a, I'm a Gemini. I'll just keep talking. So We have like no time limit really. I'm, I have really no way to be for a few hours. So you're going to have a, you're on some major editing video. Oh, no, this is going to roll, baby. We just let this out. This is old Kevin. This is Kevin's time right now. God damn it. Um, but yeah, the anti- it's just, I don't, as like, because I talk to people like yourself, right? I'm yeah. looking you in the eye we sit here. Yeah. I know that like, I will never talk shit about anyone's beer because I know that I don't know shit. Whereas like when people don't get to do that and it's like, they don't understand that there's like these people behind them and, they, and there's this like, uh, what's the word? Uh, entitlement. There comes with craft beer drinkers that I don't understand where it comes from. Like, and, uh, and that they think that it's okay to just go and like. I could, I could, you know? get, I could pull my phone out right now. There's these, these groups in our, you know, in Northern Virginia and Richmond and stuff like that. And I tell you, they are just not, some of them are just not nice people. <laughs> and, um, I, I and, 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 and you're, you guys are from Canada, but the shit that's going on politically in our country, and I told, I, I, I grew up in a family that you don't ever mix alcohol and politics okay. and stuff like that, <laughs> so fun. I won't go any much further on that. But it's like, you know, my grandma, you know, everybody's grandmother used to say kind of thing. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all kind of thing. It's not anymore. And it's not. It's uh, get in your face kind of thing. But in the beer world, what you just said, it's it's not that you, you will, you have your own personal taste buds, your own personal likes. I don't, I may not taste the same thing. You may love that. I may not. Uh, there's a lot of beer that we put out that I don't like, but you. they do, and marketing will like it, the staff will like it, and I'm just like, I, I, you'll never see me drink a Hefeweizen. I hate it. I don't like it either. Uh, but then we, but we have to. Be, we put one out every year because right. why? Like because people like them. Because it's, um, it's not like Kevin's Brewery. I mean, exactly. it is, but it's not. It is, and it, oh, you know, the whole. I love, I love Founders. We're back to Founders now. I love Founders brewed for us. Man, bullshit, dude. I mean. <laughs> Granted, I understand the story of where they went and then it didn't work and then they went back and they did, you know, the backyard bastards and all that kind of stuff. But I think at the end of the day, all day IPA, everybody, I like all day. Everybody likes all day. It's a great beer. Yeah. So don't sit there and act like you brewed like that's it for what you. Want. you know, I mean, that's what they drank during the podcast. Like they, Dave, the owner, and Jeremy, the head brew, yeah. brewmaster, so like that's what they were drinking. Yeah. And that's all they wanted because that's what they want. Like, it, it's, that's, that's the thing is like when these guys want to make like proper lager it's like dude I want to make proper lager too when I drank it I was like this is this is the quintessential shift beer yeah. you know um, but there there's beers out there that we've made that I'm just like I'm not for but then and again I don't want to sound like a true capitalist but I mean it's like holy crap people bought the living crap out of that so I don't know everything either right. I you may like something I don't like but it doesn't give anybody the right to sit there and knock somebody down a peg because you didn't like it 
Now, if you're going to be articulate on your untapped and say, this is the reason why I'm giving you a one or two or whatever, uh, that's one thing. I mean, we had to put a corporate, uh, a corporate, there it goes again, a company policy out. I don't, I told everybody in this company, it's like, you know, it's one thing to be on untapped. I really don't care. But don't sit there and rate our friends in Virginia. If you're going to drink it, I don't care if you like it or not. Just don't rate it. Like just check, into just it, check it in. Yeah, it. just check it in. And so that you ask your staff not to rate it specifically. I've gotten. I've, it could we had. We had. We've, we've had some people. Actually, the one I was telling you about, the brewer from Massachusetts, used to work yes. for us. He did. He rate. He checked somebody in, or he rated somebody in. I got a call from the head brewer. You know, that son of a bitch, that and that. I looked at him. I said, God, you got to get some thicker skin. Yeah. But that was definitely at that. And he was a big guy, so he had thick skin. But, but I sat there, and, but I literally, at that moment, I said, that's it. You know, we have to make a policy company-wide. Don't, just check it in. Yeah. Unless you're just enamored with it, and yeah, you want to give it four or half, five star, then do it. But don't sit there and say it's one because of this, or I don't like that company, or, because all it's going to do is just start firing missiles across our bowels, and I don't want that either. No. I have never so. even considered that. That's crazy. Yeah. And it makes, a, unfortunately, a lot of sense. It, yeah. It does suck that it has to be a conversation that's had. Um, yeah. It's kind of tough. Yeah. It's just not really... Um, There's a guy in a cowboy yeah. hat and a crowbar. Oh, wow. And generally, that would be like a bad sign. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell? Uh, that's Randy. I was like, who the hell like, is this It's like a video game. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of sucks. It's, I, I really... To be honest, most beers I would rate between three and a half and four and a half at all times. Like, yeah. very, if I'm rating it less than three and a half, it's really not good. Maybe I'm just too nice. People have told me I'm too nice, but maybe because I get to speak to people who own it, so I'm like, oh. even if I didn't like it, it's like, ah, oh, no, it's fine. But like, people just take it. I think I take it too far. Once again, I really don't think there's many one or two star beers. Like, maybe for you there is, but for everybody else, it's yeah, it's an unfortunate sort of side effect of well, it's sad. It's that um, culture type of thing. I only like uh, Hefeweizens. So, so your, your IPA. Stuff, stuff. Yeah. Even though technically, like if you had a blind taste test at a exactly. BJCP judge, exactly. they would give that uh, exactly. whatever. Yeah. So it allows anybody and everybody to be a freaking critic. And that's what that's what social media does right now. It allows everybody, anybody, to give their educated opinion now to everybody. Educated. And you, <laughs> my friend, are not educated no. on every aspect of the Absolutely world. Absolutely not. And I feel like that's the one thing I hate about social media, even though it's I literally make a living from it. Not everyone deserves a voice. Mm. That's really what it comes down to. I feel like you should have a license to tweet sometimes. Yep. About certain topics. I, it's it's kind of crazy. The American, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, it's an interesting time. That was another thing we said. Though, like, we're not normally whenever we go to Vermont because we know the politics of that state, and yeah. we're out of it. So we're like, "Hey, man, yeah, I'm sorry to hear about what's happened yeah, here." Yeah, sorry. We came yeah. to Vermont. I'm sorry, Virginia, and I'm like, we're looking at like I didn't realize we didn't realize the history. I had a Lyft driver in Richmond. It was like, yeah, the Civil War ended just down the street. This is like, the capital of the Confederacy. And I we only heard I only heard about yeah. Charlottesville because of what happened. Never even heard of the city before. Yeah. So that's what a lot of the world is thinking. What the hell, is Charlotte? I mean, Charlotte, no Charlottesville. Yeah. Virginia's fucked up, dude, bro. It's like yeah. so now we've made sure not to talk to anybody about politics here, just because uh, you could rub it the wrong. You could think so you're in cool. you're you're in uh, Norfolk. Norfolk. Uh, <laughs> this is a uh, this is a very blue city. A very Democrat city. Um, is is Richmond and Alexandria the place in Virginia where they also blue? Actually, I think uh, I think Alexandria, Northern Virginia, is, is very blue. 
even though uh, it's right across the but border. But there's a huge swath of red in the of middle, red. including Richmond. So, um, I think Richmond goes both ways. Okay. Um, Good to know. Well, That's what know, we gather from the people. Yeah. We talk, you think you just tell what people's politics are the way you yeah. talk to them. We just did it absolutely in no circumstances. Bring it up. I there, it you, yeah, it's safer. Yeah, I mean, that's why. <laughs> that's why I don't up. talk about it because all it's going to do is it's either going to create a conversation that's going to end bad, yep. or uh, it's going to create a bad situation really quick. It's just not worth it, yeah. particularly with the, the passion that's happening right Everybody. now. Everybody. I mean, it's like how's it feel to be like it's not even about beer how's it feel to be like, I feel so like sad for my American friends like that it's just like because you didn't ask for this everyone's just like what is going on which is embarrassing like well here's the thing it's like okay I, okay now we're on the politics I know, we, we yeah, just said we weren't going to talk about it so let's get into politics I think, I think at the end of the day if if, um, if it wasn't all the buffoonery that he Around does everything. And, 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 and if he just acted the part because again, I mean, I'm I'm 42 years old, so I've been around since Jimmy Carter kind of thing. Just act the damn part, you know. You know, that's that's one of my biggest challenges right now is that these. It's like almost Tourette syndrome, where it's like just say what you want, say what you want. And you yeah, can't yeah. do that. I mean, I have to, I mean, I have two two kids, and I I can't just sit there and be like, you can just say whatever you want to the to your this kid over here, you know, or you just can't punch like him in the face. It doesn't work like that. It's not real it's life. Civilization, you know, there's a reason why we have laws and things like that. So that's all I'm going to say about No, politics. that's, that's yeah. The last politics question that we're going yeah. anymore. Is there ever, in like, like this, this being like the, the mediator? For, like, even though maybe two people who have opposing, um, maybe perspectives might not come to an agreement, but is it kind of like just, hey man, we're all human here. Who cares about that stuff? Does it, like, does it help or does it, so, in a state is like, you know? Well, it depends on who can who handle is. their booze but uh, I think at the, to me it was a uh, in Ireland there was always this uh, communal thing so people went to the uh, hey buddy yeah yeah thanks man uh, love it the Cowboys are real it's Red Dead Redemption yeah. out here the uh what was that wrong? Uh, we're talking about people with the alcohol talking about politics. Yeah, so so in like in like old times Ireland and stuff like that, and that's where like uh, it's where the community came and met the pub, right? Right. It was a place to talk about uh, everyday problems. It was a place to bring your family. And when we when we moved from our old facility to here, we built we moved to this building and renovated this building. Um, I wanted a communal space where people could come and hang out. Uh, of all types and talk about things. We've had politicians on both sides of the aisle. Come here? Yeah, stump here and talk and like to, like, yeah, give senators. Like to uh, we've had yeah. Mark Warner. We've had Tim Kaine here. We've had uh, on the Republican side. We've had Ed Galipsky, who was running for governor, who's a Republican. Again, I'm I'm, I'm a so how, I'm a very bisexual. I mean, hey, I don't care like, if you want to use it. Bipartisans, that's what's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. Hey, man, I said bisexual, didn't I? So, <laughs> <Same> <laughs> but at the end of the day, I don't care. Everything. I mean, you yeah, yeah. yeah, talk to it, use it as a communal standpoint. But if if there was any vile discussion, I'd, I'd be the first one to be like, get the hell out of here, right. you know. But um, I, and unfortunately, that's where certain things are in, in America right now. Yeah, I, I think at the end of the day coming here and being part of the bigger group of the community we've had again 
uh, LGBT rallies here. We've had, uh, um, again, going back to diversity and things like that. Yeah, This should stuff. be a safe ground for everyone, for anybody who wants mm. to come in. It's beer, man. Just yeah, come on and have a, have a drink. And, Doesn't and matter relax. who you are, come through. We'll figure it out later. That's exactly. Thing. And I guess that's kind of really what the purpose it serves in society mm-hmm. uh, and what craft beer specifically because of that progressive exactly. mindset. It's like, don't worry about it. Let's just chill. And I guess people forget because they don't communicate anymore. It's probably another side effect of social media. Yeah. Or a negative one. Oh, bring your man's through. I'm going to get him that, get that can of... Uh, Oh, the, the apricot one? Yeah, what is yeah, it? Yeah, that lactose. Hey, can you get us a can of the uh, Everybody Loves Parfait? Yeah. And two glasses? Thanks, bud. Bringing that lactose over. Yeah. Look at it. He put an El Guapo can on his calf. Really? Like, I, I can't fire him now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it doesn't matter what he does. Yeah. Like, like say dude, anything to you. Like he's going to be the longest standing employee one day. <laughs> That's pretty good. Like, if I if I ever sold it, I wish I have to give him some of that. Yeah, they're like, sorry, I'm not gonna give you a chunk. <laughs> at least, at least pay for his tattoo. <laughs> That's pretty dedicated. If you can grow a business where someone who works for you gets your brand tattooed on their body, show them that tattoo. Uh, <laughs> man, we have to get a. Uh, There's my buddy Rich. Rich, what's up, buddy? You wanna get on camera here? Get over here, camera. <laughs> Come say hi. Come say hi on the podcast. I'm good, man. Man, you looking happy today. Would you drink some? Would you drink no, some no. no. We're, just, we're just having a good time right oh, now. Cool. How you doing, man? Craig. Rich. Right. Pleasure to meet you, Mitch. Craig. Pleasure to meet you, man. Tim. I ain't seen you smile that much in a long time. His cop. I haven't seen you. Well, I saw That's you last week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Employee of the year. Employee of the year. Doesn't really get much better than that. You got a document. That's He's pretty crazy. It. Yeah. I didn't even oh, ask him to do it. You, sir. Appreciate that. Can I get the canvas low for the picture? You are a gentleman. Thank you, man. That's a sexy can. We talked about branding before. It's beautiful. So all these uh, are tasting room only releases? Right. Send some back with you. It's always done if you want me to get you. Did he bring a can? Is it can? I don't think it can. It's, a, it's not canned yet. But I can give you a taste of it. We haven't got. We'll get it tomorrow. Okay. But he brought some for us to drink in here. Yeah, yeah. Can you get a taste? Oh, you know. Oh, love it. So, is this a series, the parfait series? No, this oh, is again. This is just those. Um, so it's got get sour. weird beer. Get weird. Yeah. So sour soap, tangerine, and apricot, yeah. and lactose. Wow, um, what a great combo! I think sour soap is like the greatest. Uh, most underrated beer fruit. All right, so we need a photo of this guy. Right. I, uh... That's just the, the I default was drinking, face. I, I was, uh... I was plowing through these things on, uh... We are at the beach on vacation, and I brought a bunch down. I'm not the biggest uh, tart sour beer fan. Ooh. But this is actually... I think this is really good. Oh, I love this stuff. Yeah. So technically it's a Berliner. Yes. Yeah. What's ABV on this? I have no idea. 5.5. Put it in the can. I'm just going to give it a one on untap because I'm in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> they closed the bridge. Yeah, they closed. <laughs> the cops rerouted us. One star. Uh, <laughs> Kevin rolled his eyes at me because we were late. Like, uh, done. Mm. I love this, man. That's fantastic. So is this, this is like a, one of the taproom only stuff. You don't yeah. distribute this type of beer? 
So yeah, basically we, we we'll, we'll pull out you know 40, 50 cases of beer and then put it on draft. And then yeah, obviously it runs out of draft first, and then we just pour out the can now. Um, this is brilliant. Um, so the, is this the type of stuff you, you don't um, destroy really? Like no. the, the, won't make it to grocery stores. They no. will have to come here. They have to come here. Do you guys have here aside from grocery stores like specialty beer stores? Yes, bottle, we call them bottle shops. Bottle shops yeah. come here. Okay. In yeah. Australia, we call that a bottle over. Okay. Don't even say shop, just bottle over. I like that. Fuck it. Less words about that. <laughs> I like that. Um, that was good because every every place has their own sort of way of uh, distributing stuff. Um, and how does something like this go down from guys like yourself who may have, like we were talking about, have a uh, you know like the OG status type of thing, yeah. and that people would expect a certain uh, you know um, product from you guys coming with a lactose like multiple oh, fruit. He's running that spritzoli over now. Ooh. Uh oh. Oh, that's what we were just talking about. The Aperol yeah. Spritz one. Okay. Uh, I, have, I haven't had it yet. If you want to describe its character. <laughs> it's right there, Kevin, in case you don't know about it. That's wild. So this is the one. So this is a Brute Berliner one. Apricot, bitter orange peel, rhubarb, sage, star anise, and rosemary. Holy and it's shit. got the vans on there. Yeah. For the kids. For the kids. Jesus. That was hazy as well. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. Is this what Aperol Spritz tastes like? What'd you say? Is this accurate? I don't know. You're like, I don't know, man. Dude, that's amazing. Okay, let's get a photo with this too. Gotta make sure you let all the kids know. Okay. Oh, smile, look at that branding. So, sorry, would you better re re repeat what's on this again? So, it's apricot. Oh, sorry. We can do this on, people can wait while I'm doing this. Brute Berlino. Apricot, bitter, bitter orange, orange peel. peel, rhubarb, sage, star anise, <laughs> and rosemary. And rosemary. Okay. Wow. What a crazy uh, I know. idea. Thank you. It's different. That is amazing. The guys love it when I go there and I taste some of it off the, uh, the tank. I'm like, wow, that's, uh, that's weird. <laughs> and they're looking at me like, is it weird good or weird bad? I'm like, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of, it's just, it's good. It's just weird, it's you just, know. It's 100% what I would describe as weird. Definitely, but weed it's is definitely got the Haze Boy stuff. Yeah, that, huh? Bringing all the hashtag Haze Boys in with the said. I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I love I, that. I, that I, is fantastic. Yeah. After that, uh, after like a second set, I'm like, this is actually pretty good. I might, yeah, I try that. I feel like these type of things, like, I don't know, I mean, maybe going a little too hard on the haze because I've been really trying to maximize what, yeah. I've, what I'm doing in, this, in the time while I'm here. So then when I'm having like a fruited sour, I'm like, like yeah. I'm having huge haze palate fatigue. Yeah, yeah. And this is so welcome. This Good. Is, this is wicked. Good. So have you ever, did you can this? We're going to. Okay, so it's a pretty new one. I think it just pulled right off the tank for you. Jeez. So, yeah. What a legend. Yeah. So has it it's been released recently? It's really Jesus. <laughs> Look, Kevin, you know more. God damn. Oh, July twentieth. Yeah, this Saturday. Weekend. Yeah. Also, it's not even out yet. No. Oh, it's so it's in bright. It's right in now. the bright tank right now. <laughs> that's because so our boy here, that's Joe. <laughs> that's like. Yeah, <laughs> get it, get it. There he is. Joe's great. Legend. What is he? Joe do? likes. Uh, he's one of their brewers. Yeah. Uh, Joe, I, this is actually his beer. Yeah. It's great. Um. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, he, he's uh, 
when he doesn't have his brewer's boots on, he's like, you know, $300 uh, oh, the Jordans, you know, yeah. you know, like all these, you know, he spends more money on damn sneakers, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. When the, the sneaker heads of... I've absolutely got money, bro. There, there's a place. There's a place right over here where the lines. I am like, I have a joke about my wife. We drive by. I'm like, is there a freaking beer release going on over here? <laughs> there's a line around the place. Yeah, it's 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 for. They offer like the Yeezys every yeah. time they drop. Yeah. yeah. The shoe, we tried to get the Kanye West shoes because they're actually sick, and I tried to get them and they just like it's this whole other world. It kind of reminds me of beer a bit. Yeah. Where if I like, I don't know the lingo, I don't know like the processes. He and does. The, so you got to ask the yeah. right people like, how do you do it? How do you? It's a whole thing. It is. And it's, I don't uh, care enough to spend this in the secondary market. So it's like trading. Yeah. Like they will go, the Yeezys say US and they're 220. They go to like up to $1,000. And like the day after they drop, if you want yeah. to go, this is a stock exchange called StockX yeah. for, for she, uh, sneakers. So I was like, you know what? I'm out of this. I just want one pair of shoes to wear. I didn't give a fuck about like putting them on a little stand or like. You got Nikes? I got some Nikes, but uh, these were like 60 bucks. So I'm Puma. It's Puma, right? Um, I, I wear nothing but, that. I wear nothing the B-Boy but, shoes. Yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. I'm an old BC Boy fan. Yeah, all right. Uh, you hip-hop dude? Oh, yeah. Top five MCs. Yeah, rap? Yeah, MCs. Like uh, any of all time. Oh, shit. Uh, and it can be very, once again, like Bia, it can be subjective. Well, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, don't, I might be a little bit older. No, uh, don't worry about it. I'm, like, I'm only a few years younger than you. So. Uh, Rob Bass. He was in the 80s. Where's he from? Was he from uh, a group? He was a, you know, Rob Basin uh, and uh, DJ EZ Rock. That was uh, that was like before Fresh Prince of Bel Air shit. Uh, All right, okay. Uh, triple, this is Triple OG shit uh, right now. Eric Boy, B and Rock M. Rise uh, uh, is one of the gods. Nas. Yep. Uh, but the new song sucks. I have, yeah, he's coming in town soon. I want to go, yeah. but I don't know if I'm. I think he's on the tour with Lauren Hill. I, I, I got to say, Beastie Boys. Beastie Boys is just old school for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Run DMC. Okay. Um, That's five, so you can keep going. I know. I can keep. I can go on forever because who else are Wu Tang? Uh, um, all the early '90s stuff. Yeah. Like, Mob, like the New York stuff, like uh, the East Coast stuff. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm a total East Coast. Yeah, like Mob Deep. Yeah, um, Mob Deep definitely. Uh, Jay. Jay-Z, you know... Like, uh, like Reasonable Doubt was one of the greatest albums of all time. Yeah. It's funny as shit. So, uh, we just bought a... I, I have a house. I have a lot of a lot of land, so I have a riding lawnmower. And, uh, and for Christmas, I got a uh, wireless... Like, oh, the headphones? Like, but the ones that you can't hear anything. The noise cancellation. Yeah. Ones, yeah. And uh, it's funny as shit because I'll either have like NWA on or like Ice Cube. <laughs> and the kids will come around. <laughs> well, and I'm riding, I'm just like this, you know. And, yeah. and, and I was like, what are you listening to? I'm like, I'm listening to NWA right now. And she's like, you're listening to gangster rap while cutting the grass. And I'm like, yeah. In Virginia. That's what I do. Like, yes, that's that, how yes, I do. Yes, ma'am. We were that's driving. That's what I do. <laughs> You're mad at my taste, Kevin. We were uh, specifically because we're in Virginia Beach, I guess, technically in the region. This we is Pharrell's Land. That's it. We listen yeah. to Pusha, like Push T's yeah. in my top 10. So we listen to him the whole time, yeah. making sure, trying to like capture the vibe and see. Uh, Pharrell and uh, my wife went to, uh, went to school? Went to school together. No way. She's older. Um, went to the same school. Pharrell and my cousin were in the same class. No shit. So, uh, yeah, we were at that something water fest. Had a oh, lot of fun great. there. So yeah. a lot of beer there too, which is a lot nice. of fun. So, so they rep. Do they yeah. are you, like any relationship? With uh, them I, I'd like to do something with them next year. It was so quick. It was so quick. Well, it's funny because we made that. Uh, we don't really have anymore. Uh, we did the. Uh, 
a gin and juicy beer. Nice. Uh, With gin botanicals or something? Uh, drop it like it's hops. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't sue you, so you could. I don't think he even pays it. He doesn't pay attention to us. That's not suable. Hell, I, you know, you know, nowadays to get a cease and desist is probably it's like a badge of honor. Yeah, right. Everyone's yeah. like, yeah, damn right, I did. <laughs> it's pretty funny, actually. I never had know. one. No? I think, I, I think I really, I, uh, I know. <laughs> I think I've been rotting under the radar for so long. Uh, again, going back to what you were saying about that, the OG status. Yes. Um, you know, putting these out to bottle shops and stuff like that. You know, I. I'm gonna be honest with you. It's a uh, you want to maintain your street cred, right? Like, yeah, we're, we don't. It's not. It's not just El Guapo. It's not just proper lager. We make all these beers. Luckily for us, across the state, there are people that are like you make solid beer all the time. Whatever you make, we buy it. Kind of right. That's great to know. But when you're when you're forced to make a lot of one or two or three seasonals and stuff like that to keep the grocery stores happy. Having the outlet of new beers like this, like it's, it's, not, it's not only fun; it's uh, it's gratifying to have those beer buyers that are just like, "Dude, like, this is crazy." Yeah, we love we it. We this. love what you do. Because yeah. I even feel like if you've got those like few flagships in each store, when the people who would maybe typically come in and buy a four pack or six, whatever yeah. it is, they're going to sometimes be like, "Ah." Oh. So even even if they're not being a taking like, "Oh, what else?" Oh, oh is it new one? What's this? And they already trust your brand. There you it is. It regularly. And there's, uh, there's an alignment there of your values and sort of what you stand for. And you've got this new can that's like on li- in line with the rest. It's yep. sexy. It's got donkey on there. Like, well, I believe, I do believe in brand trust. I think uh, at the end of the day, if I can get you, you've been drinking my El Guapo the last five years or whatever, and we put out something new and you're like, hey, I trust the brand. I want to try this. And I make you a, a fan of this beer. You should, and then hopefully successionally I can, I can make you a fan of every beer that we make and you became a, you become a lifelong fan of what we do that's it um, and hopefully it broadens it takes that maybe that guy who's used to you know he was a Bud Light I, remember, I still have this, the best story ever is when I first started because we have the, the docks around here the uh, uh, the piers and stuff like that and this guy literally comes up to me he's about 50 60 or some years old and he goes uh you know, he, you're O'Connor, and I was like, yeah. And he's like, he's like, I just, I love your uh, that that gold ale you make, and I was like, oh, awesome. And then I saw him like six months later, and he was like, I'm drinking that black IPA that you make, man. It gets me so drunk. <laughs> but then all of a sudden, this guy was a, a I guarantee you, like a Bud Light, Coors Light drinker that moved into craft beer because of our brand. And, um, and that one specific beer that would have like been the gateway for him. Yeah, and that's like, and that's again, that goes back to what craft beers should be about: is gaining more and more fans, bringing more people into what we do, to make more, you know, create more share of uh, of the entire market. Um, but I mean, you're looking right now. I'm looking through the window at this party that's going on right now. Not only is it diverse, there's probably people in here that have no idea what the beers we make. Uh, it's it's all bottle, new. Like, what is this? This guy's coming straight in to get beer to leave. This guy's got slacks on. He just got off his, you know. Oh, he's off his job. He's coming yeah. in to maybe tap a couple exactly. samples and like, then I want to grab a six pack yeah. and then, uh, you know. This guy's going surfing. Or... Which is the perfect beer. You got him in the small cans. Nice. Mm-hmm. The short cans are perfect mm-hmm. for that. So like, it's cool. Like, I like, it's good yeah. to see that, right? And you can see that sort of growth and sort of 
where the brand is attracting people and stuff and I guess like it's it's gotta be it's working. Both in, 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 yeah. in and out of the craft beer market though. And I think the out of the craft beer market is really what's gonna move the needle. The in the craft so. beer market is like oh, it's cool. It's craft beer, yeah. whatever. But the the people on the outside that you're attracting, like that gentleman who was having the gold ale and then yeah. moving in, yeah. that's really, really what it's all about and the craft beer world doesn't talk about that enough because it's not exciting or fun. This is so that's bizarre. It's super bizarre, it's right? It's bizarre. It's crazy. How do you feel about a lightning round? Me and you? Yeah, go ahead. It's not lightning, though. It's yeah. never going to be lightning. Uh, I'm, I'm very slow right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days. It's like 8,000 degrees. All right. So what is your guilty pleasure beer? A beer you would be embarrassed to admit to a craft beer nerd that you enjoy? I really don't have one. Um, you don't like shit beer anymore? Uh, it's not that I don't like shit beer anymore. I just don't. I'm not saying I don't drink it because I don't purchase it. It's, it's like I just don't have. A, I don't ever have a, like an opportunity. Okay, what's the? I say mine would be like Corona or something. Like it's like if it was at a barbecue, someone offered it, be like, yeah, it's not that bad. It has to be like Tecate or something like that That's or Pacifico. Answer. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pacifico. I'll yeah. be like a. Uh, Maybe where you're at. Yeah, around here. Yeah, kind of like nice tropical. I actually, I actually enjoy like if I if I was on the beach. Actually, yep, I we go to the beach. A uh, uh, girlfriend of ours lives on 81st Street, the north end, out on the oceanfront, and she always has Pacifico, and, and I will drink that right. all day long. But she doesn't have your beer. It's a problem. We should call. No, her, her her husband does. Okay, good. Yeah, as long as someone does. Yeah, uh, beer you would decline under any circumstances. So you go to a barbecue, you didn't bring your own stuff. Someone offers you something, you're like. Heineken, I hate to say it, Heineken and Rolling Rock. Yeah, I don't like Skunky, green, or, green I don't like green bottle beers. There's, it, I don't know if it's a, it, it's mental ingrained thing. in me. It's a mental thing that, uh, and maybe that's what they want it to taste like. I don't know. Um, I'm sure Heineken tastes great, fresh, fresh. Yeah, uh, but for some reason, it's green bottle beers. I can't do. Uh, Low and brow back in the day. Yeah, and green bottle. I just can't they do. Green bottles. Yeah, they don't need more, right? Yeah. They're in the brown with the blue. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was your gateway beer? I guess Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, essentially. Or was there something else that was like the first craft beer that we were like? It was Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Yeah? Yeah, that's what got me into craft. It's a very popular one. Yeah. Uh, favorite and least favorite styles? Whether it's... Oh, mm-hmm. least it's, favorite is Hefeweizen. Yeah, that's uh, a very popular answer. I think that caused me to not like Hefeweizen. There's so many I just, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get the style. I don't get even like the... Like Blue the moons, the Belgian wits, either. I don't get them. I used to love it. Do you ever loved it at any point? No. 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 Okay. No. Uh, what was your other one's uh, favorite? favorite? And it might just be like maybe if you I'm walk a sucker into for an Irish stout. Yeah, like the nice dry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Guinness fan. Yeah. Um, actually, we, yeah, our, our, uh, yeah, our drier stout took the World Beer Cup. We yeah. beat Guinness in Ireland five times in a row. So. How does that feel? I feel like they're gonna send the get on my IRA after yeah. me. So, <laughs> well, that's so because well, you're one of them. So, you got a train line nearby. Nice, yeah, right through the uh, right there. Yeah, that's on the other side of the train tracks. Oh, that's right. We did. Yeah. We just <laughs> um, favorite beer city, destination, or country. Where you like to go? Uh, aside from clearly Norfolk. Definitely not Norfolk. Uh, <laughs> Asheville. I hear that a lot. Um, Asheville because it's so close I've been there a million times it's like five hours uh, I've never been to Belgium so I can't I can't sit there and I would love it's one of my 
I need to get to Belgium just to, to drink the Belgian beers. Um, where was another good place I went to? I mean, like Denver and stuff like that. that. Is great. Portland, Oregon's great. Um, but I have to. I have to say, it's, it's Asheville yeah, just because I know it so well, and I love the. Uh, I love the. I love that city. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. It came out even when we were crossing the border, the yeah. customs guy, when normally I don't say, they go, oh, what are you coming to the States for? I never say going to breweries because I thought they'd worry about me driving or whatever. Yeah. So this time I was like, oh, we're going to, we're going to Virginia and then we're going to breweries. He's like, oh, where are you going? So I was like, yeah, tired hands and we're going to here. But he was like, got mad excited. Like, he was super cool. Nice. And the, he told us all, had this whole rant about Asheville. I feel like I just came up like four or five times nice. in the last like five days. One day I'll get there. Have you been there? No, never. It's six and a half hours. Right. Pointing this way, west. West. It's it's like we're here on the coast. Yeah. Asheville's right there. It's it's in a bit? Inland? Oh, it's inland. Yeah. It's It's in the mountains. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've heard it's just like amazing. It is. Just like people chill. It's like a a, a blue center in a red region. Exactly. You got uh, Sierra Nevada. You got uh, New Belgium. You got Oscar Blues. You got uh, Wicked Weed. You got Burial. You got oh uh, shit, High Wire. You, I mean, there's there's probably forty breweries in a town a third of the size of this. Jeez. Yeah. So it's just like a lot of very walkable. Yeah, but then the thing is, like, you got on the outskirts, you can go hiking. You can go uh, sliding rock and get wet. You can literally slide down a rock in the mountains. It's awesome. If you guys are gonna travel, do that. Okay, yeah. that'd be next. I really, really gotta do it. Now that we've come down this far, yeah, and I'm like the Virginia is amazing. Oh like, yeah, I'm so and they're all the breweries are great. I don't care what anybody says. In Virginia, in general, no, in, or in uh, Nashville, in, yeah, Asheville's North Carolina. I've never heard anything negative yeah. about Asheville. It's always been like that's the spot. It is so cool. Okay, it's yeah. on my list. Uh, first beer you ever brewed, Irish Stout. Yeah, yeah, I still because of that does that hold a special place or it was like it was horrible the first one I ever read so <laughs> that was one of the other questions what's the worst beer you've ever made that one that one <laughs> yeah first and worst it, yeah it was so gross do you have a uh, favorite or least favorite style to brew well, I guess now you're not really brewing so much I don't but... yeah unfortunately I don't brew so much now that I've uh, promoted somebody to run the company kind of thing for me uh, uh, I might get out there whole, brewing. you're supposed to um, I mean favorite style to brew I mean Last time I brewed beer was probably uh, an Awapo, so. Yeah. Like, I don't have any, you know, I just want to get back out there more so. Uh, stuck mashes or yeah. dry hopping. That's like, usually what comes yeah. up with the least favorite, like yeah. rye, apparently rye yeah. is super sticky. Yeah. Whatever, it's kind we of did, annoying. We but. did a, uh, I, remember, I remember one of the last, in our old facility, one of the last uh, things we did was a rye IPA and it got the stuck mash. And everybody's just like, what do we do, what do we do? And I just literally threw one of the, uh, one, of, one of the pipes going back through the inlet, I literally just blasted through hot water and unplugged it. And, and that's how it was done, And then I, then I literally, I, that was me coming out to rescue everybody else. And I said, you guys. Come on, get on so, my lip. Cut down. I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even know if I could even work this machine anymore. <laughs> so. I think that's the, uh, the optimal situation for an entrepreneur is that, you do all the hard work and the heavy lifting early on and then you grow it and you grow it, and then you take a step back and you're all about strategy and kind of guidance that's what the you know, whatever well that's what I think any business should do but that's what I also do. think uh, once you start putting the right people in the right positions then I should be able to sit back and go back to doing what I really want to do and that's brew beer and, and there's that too it's almost yeah. like a full circle yeah like it's kind of cool 
um, what music did you listen to when you were? Um, either old school like Beastie Boys stuff like that. Oh, yeah, of course they do. Um, yeah. You know, I like I like Grateful Dead and stuff like that, all the jam bands. But I don't know. I just need something that's going to keep me like amped. Yeah. So hip hop has yeah. energy. Uh, I walk in here in the morning. Don't have anything from Metallica yeah. all the way to you know gangster rap, and I, I just I nod my head every time when I walk in here. Yeah, like all right. There's days uh, when it's not so hot, or some days you just want to put some reggae on, but that might just slow me to sleep. So. Everyone's just chill. You get like the hype stuff. The Demi Mali album is pretty lit. Uh, favorite hop? Uh, I'm old school when it comes to like Centennial Cascade and stuff like that. I'm enamored with. Uh, I hate anything. And it was uh, it was Weyerbacher's Double Simcoe. Okay. Back in the day when they made that, I think I had a allergic reaction to it, so I can't. I well, I refuse. So Simcoe's now. I refuse uh, Simcoe. If they make a beer with Simcoe, then I just just tell me I won't drink it. I don't know. There's I don't know. There's a mental thing or a true allergic reaction. Wonderful. So I uh, I don't like Simcoe for some reason. Of course, yeah. The the sexy hops, the Galaxy Citra, all that kind of stuff. It's yeah, yeah. great when it's you know blended right and. But I, you know, I'm an old school Cascade guy. Yeah, I'm getting. I'm starting to show my age. Yeah. So. That's cool. It's it's a classic. Huh? Yeah, you can't go wrong. Uh, what does your family think of what you do? I mean, they love like it. Your wife yeah, they love your dad's it. Um, they love it. My dad thought I was crazy at first. Uh, at first. There are a lot of people. Maybe. I'm sure ten yeah. years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. Here, like, yeah. What? They're all proud now, but um, it's just one of those things. It's uh, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people thought my dad when he was younger started his business was it was crazy it was crazy you know why don't you just get a real job or whatever um you know you know risk no reward that's it uh but at the end of the day i think everybody like my my meet all my i'm again irish catholic so it's a uh, you know, 30 some cousins and so all my cousins and their kids are all like oh uncle kevin's you know he's the guy who owns yeah. the brewery and they love it i think they're just i'm just I am, i'm waiting for like a herd of them when they turn 21 to come talk to me it's about to be a problem like, yeah all right hook me up yeah you can work I mean, here you ain't getting free beer yeah so. i like that yeah. see you're gonna earn it yeah uh, and the last one was what's your favorite adjunct what's your uh favorite thing to add to beer um you know with all the stuff like this i don't I think at the end of the day, you don't really add it to the beer, but a, a bourbon barrel is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, you kind of do. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, uh, I didn't grow up during the adjunct. Right, everything like, was pretty clean. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think uh, we've made some crazy beers with again with pecans, and we made beers with marshmallows and stuff like that. Uh, but again, if, I mean, like. You see all the crap that's on this one and all yeah. the crap that's on this one. <laughs> it's I, a ton I, of stuff. Yeah. And it's awesome. I let them do their thing right now. and Yeah. So there's not one particular thing. Okay, that's fair. If I was going to do uh, sours, I really, I was I, I was enamored when I, uh, when uh, the guys from uh, Wicked Weed let me tour their uh, souring facility. Is that the Fermentorium? Yeah, yeah the Funkatorium. Yeah. Funkatorium, that's it. Uh, and talking to those guys, that was a lot of fun. Uh, just seeing what they're doing with the actually the raw fruit instead of you know purees and stuff like that you right. see in hazy IPAs. Yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. Um, 
Because they're barrel aging it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a whole different vibe. But uh, at the end of the day, a good stout, a good, nice, thick stout, Russian Imperial style, aged in bourbon barrels with no adjuncts. That's what's up. I respect that. Yeah. You said you don't add it to beer, but I've seen people recently, I don't know if it's a thing here yet, they have this thing called oak spirals. Oh, yeah, they'll throw staves or spirals in. Yeah. yeah. I was like, yo, that is nuts. You get the surface area quicker. Yeah, and it's just like saves you having yeah. to like actually barrel age. You just yeah. chuck it in the fermenting, you kind of get somewhat of the same thing. Kind of genius. It is genius. Yeah. I would have cut saves down a bunch of oak trees a long time ago. Yeah, all right, damn. Well, um, so that was pretty much everything. Did we cover all the stuff we kind of were talking about earlier? No. No. You want to talk about... Um... Yes. Yes, I do. I'm trying to remember now. Well, we, there was a bunch of stuff that we sort of missed. I wasn't sure how much of it was appropriate for on air, but I'm down to talk about whatever. What, uh, what else were we supposed to talk about? We are supposed to talk about... Uh... What were we talking about earlier? Did the diversity stuff. We talked about that, about the seltzer and stuff. We did the diversity, we did the, um, there was some other stuff that, that was good, it's just now, yeah, the, the, we did we touch on that on here? Oh, I can't even remember now anymore, no. about making the coastal, um, like, coastal like Virginia. the ale trail type of yeah. thing, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, that was off air. So one thing you we were talking about, so I said, I was saying you that we had uh, the Richmond Ale Trail. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, oh, right. yeah, yeah, that's, that's me. Right. That's yeah, me. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> the Richmond Ale Trail, and they didn't tell us about it beforehand. We found out at the end. So, something that maybe the, the, the organization that runs the Ale Trail should probably collaborate with the tourism office more. Oh, yeah. And then you were saying that, that you are a part of the Coastal Virginia uh, Coastal Virginia Brewers Alliance. Alliance. Brewery Alliance. I don't and know. then you were saying as well that you guys, and this is something I'd never ever heard Crack uh, uh, Brewery say, which I think I'm glad. Thank you. This is perfect. That if a bunch of breweries came together, now it doesn't have to be necessarily 20 because it might be hard, but if a bunch of you came together and purchased raw materials such as cans, malt, hops, yeah. things like that, your purchasing power, even if you split it, like you said, could go from like damn near 20 cents a can to like five cents a can if you talk about raw aluminum yeah. products. Um, can you speak to that, what, what, what you were thinking? Because it's just so smart. I mean. It actually, the, the, my, the, my thought process goes back to what my dad did to be able to compete with the bigger national chains. In the uh, auto industry. Yeah, so he was the one who ended up getting, um, he got like-sized businesses from around the country, and they all created this one buying group. And they're all buying the same auto, uh, the spark plugs and air filters, stuff like that. So they all got together and said, well, if we bought, instead of, if I bought a hundred of these, what if we bought a hundred thousand of them? And that was the mentality that I brought to the meeting. And even even with the Virginia Craft Brewers Guild, was that that when we founded that a long time ago, I'm, uh, is to go back to you know sit down and say, what if we all got together? I mean, there's got to be something that we all buy the same. I don't care if it's a a, a valve or a fitting. Maybe we all sit down in a room and. The elected officials sit there and say, "We're all going to buy this one, uh, hey bud, um, this one butterfly valve from this one vendor." Well, go to the let's go to that vendor and figure out how many butterfly valves we need, or how many triclover clamps that we need, or how many, uh, like you said, aluminum cans that we need. Um, 
barrels. But but collective anything. cooperative buying, I think is the could be not mm. the future of craft beer, but could be the uh, the saving grace of when when people don't have you know the wherewithal or the buying power is to link up with a group and let's just buy if we're all going to buy this one glass right. logo aside let's just all try to buy it together and we'll buy a track and trail load and instead of it a dollar eighty a glass it's going to be thirteen cents a glass right. everybody everybody can that adds up yeah. And is, have you ever seen an example of it, aside from your father's business, have you seen anyone in the beer industry do anything like that before? Well, I mean, every association, whether it's a brewer association or like that, you know, members get a discount on certain things. So I think that's one of the things uh, out there that uh, uh, that's beneficial. But it, as you get into a more localized area, whether it's Virginia or whether it's the Mid-Atlantic to Virginia to Hampton Roads, I think there's still the ability to be able to sit down with your friends in the industry and say, look, I'm not here to, we're not, this is, has nothing to do about competition or what you do for a living. This has everything to do about, hey, I see that you buy a lot of tailed two-row malt from the same guy that I get it from. Why don't we jump in together and buy it together? Um, I've, I've seen it on a smaller level. There's a Facebook group uh, amongst the local breweries around here called the Rubber Boots Society. Um, Organ Fruit Puree. Uh, right. It's where From a lot Oregon. of people, yeah, yeah, where a lot of people get their purees for stuff like that. You know, instead of buying one or two jugs, you know, why don't we all? And I've seen it now. Uh, naturally occur. It started here when uh, our brewer sat there and said, "Hey, listen, I'm about to put an order in for about three layers of a pallet. Do you guys want to help me finish off the pallet?" And a lot of the smaller brewers were like, "Hey, can I get a jug of, you know?" pineapple can i get a jug of orange can i get a jug of this actually you know we filled a whole pallet because one pallet position on a truck costs x whether it's two full of full. exactly whether it's two or this so at the end of the day per unit the the price point the shipping costs go down but we went literally just and then it turned into after that it turned into two pallets but we get it all delivered here and then you know a guy with a seven barrel system he can drive over here in his pickup truck and he'd be like yeah here's yours and they'll just cut us it we'll write the check and they'll cut us a check and say here you go and but here it is landed costs you know with the shipping and everything like that and but they're like they and they're like holy crap that's so much cheaper than i got it for right you know and i'm always in the in the mindset of helping right. because again you know it's like a it's like raising kids it's a you know it's a, it takes a village there you go so had yeah. tried in my, I don't know why. Long afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I think it's genius, man. It just makes so much sense. Do the, um, uh, what are they called, the suppliers, do they ever push back and be like, hey, man, if I, because they know that they're losing money by, by well, selling. Well, what I, what I, what I, I, I've had conversations with suppliers and, you know. Uh, it, or are it, they happy to move volume when they don't even care? Well, like sure locally, locally, okay. If, if I, if I'm, yeah. I'm the, I'm probably the bigger, biggest one, locally. Um, but I want to help my friends out along the way, kind of thing. Um, I would probably sit down with that vendor and say, "Hey, listen, I don't, I don't want." And yeah, this is gonna sound so shitty. Um, yeah, please edit this out, maybe. I don't know. But I don't think this guy especially when it comes to insurance because I have 50 employees versus his three or five employees he shouldn't get a better rate than I do but when it comes to like grain and stuff like that you know typically if you look at a vendor with grain it's like 
uh, at the first 25,000 pounds, this is what it's going to cost you. At 50,000 pounds, it's going to cost you this, and at 60,000 and above, it's cost you X. Um, old businesses do that, right? Right, and it says sliding scale. But if we all come together, keep the sliding scale, but everybody should get 10 or 15% off. Right. That's what I. That's, that's how I look at it. Because should they be able to buy the same grain that I buy it for? Because no, I'm going because through, volume, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm running through 6,000 pound silos every two weeks. They shouldn't get the same price that I do. But no. what they should do is if we order it as a conglomerate or you come and sell it to us as a group, your immediate discount should be this. Instead of 17 cents a pound, or let's be more realistic, instead of 50, 60% cents a pound because you're at this level on theirs, you immediately drop 15%, which is huge savings to somebody who has a seven barrel system yeah. or even a 10 or 15 barrel system. Uh, we have silos and we buy tractor trailer loads. So therefore I do, I mean, I buy, we buy millions of pounds of grain. So but therefore yeah, I yeah. should be able to take advantage of the price breaks that I get. Right. I'm not saying share that, but we should share some kind of economies of scale if we get in a group and put the vendor right in front. If everybody's gonna buy pale two-row malt from UBRIS or UBSG or whoever, if we all put an order in, there should be a code that we put in that says we're CVBA beer or whatever the case may be. And well, like you said, you like handle that order and then, then they just back pay you. You're like, all right guys, come in and check, come through. Right, right. Uh, you know, but that sales rep is now not just talking to me to get his business. I just put him in touch with 30 other breweries. That's the value so he the can actually, vendor. he should have the leeway to sit there and figure out a way to make his business work for him as it, as it should work for them as well. I think that's genius. Yeah. And that's, and it's not, I don't think it was a, a dick move when you're saying like, yeah, of course, if you're buying more volume than that person, you know, you're buying 6,000, someone's buying whatever, 100. Yeah. It's not the same. It shouldn't it's be not the same because it's just a volume thing. And yeah. like, when it comes to this world of manufacturing and, and things like that, and raw materials. But there should be some kind of discount or some kind of help. Why are we doing this? And if we can put together a platform that brings in these vendors to say, hey, listen, you know, what do you guys want us to do? So it's like you have well, like a meeting with a bunch to, of vendors. Exactly. And be like, this is what it is. Yeah. Let you on board. And like, because I'm connecting you. Yeah. These fifth, maybe these first 10 breweries are your clients, but these other 20 were not your clients. Exactly. And now they will be. Exactly. So you're making more money. And you're gonna get it, so let's make yep. it work. Exactly. And I feel like they're like everyone's hustles, everyone understands the value of that. And the fact yeah. that you're doing the work, I guess, essentially yeah. like being the, the, the leader of something like that. To a degree. And the, the treasurer. treasurer. The treasurer. There's a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, everybody wins though. So we are hope our checks don't balance. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Keep buying no kind of beer, people, please. Um no, that's genius. I think it's just really sick. I never heard anywhere in there. I've seen uh, groups put together. But I've never heard anyone discuss, maybe they didn't tell us, but generally this stuff would come up, I would assume. You know, the one thing that I had, I'm, going, I'm really going back, uh, we talked about earlier, I'm, I always get worried about the camaraderie being lost in craft beer. In business, because uh, of business? Well, because of who's bigger or who's cooler or whatever the case may be. I think uh, we all missed, we, we talked about this earlier, we missed the mark, we looked away one day, and then AB bought a bunch of people up. And now they're the largest seller of craft beer. I I personally see in Virginia, you know, these Hazy Boy, there there's a handful of breweries that actually, hmm. there's infighting. Right. And I don't understand it at all, because 
this was always built on camaraderie and like fun and man you make beer I make beer and let's have a beer together let's talk um, collaborations are awesome but nowadays um, this is why I see this cooperative buying not working okay I'm, a, I'm really an optimistic person so I see it still working but it's really all got to get our heads out of our asses and not think that we're too cool for school we all do what we do we all do it as well as we can um, I do believe though that could be the thorn in our side that could be the crooks of not, I'm not saying the collapse but it could definitely be the crooks of whether craft beer keeps growing growing or stay stagnant because we're not paying attention to the whole and uh, it just uh, it pains me to think that but I do I do I see it right now there's there's a handful of people in Virginia they don't like this guy this guy doesn't like this guy and I'm like man it was never like that when I the, the allure to me to this industry was everybody sits there and drinks everybody just has fun and that's what I want to that's me that's always been me and, and call me old school or call me whatever but that's how it should be this this it's beer for at the end of the day it's just beer it's just beer yeah interesting and that's something you've seen change over time I yeah. guess that it wasn't always like that and that's unfortunate I mean maybe that comes with the growth and the attention like when you did it it wasn't yeah. as cool 10 years ago I wasn't even into it and I've seen it grow in the last like you said 3 to 5 yeah. is when it's really like like really gone in so now there's different elements coming into the industry who weren't in it before and maybe didn't have the same ethos and I guess kind of happens to every industry to, to some degree as maybe oh yeah I mean but at the end of the day, I think, you and know... then more and more people want to get involved who might not know that, that sort of original culture. But the blatant middle finger of, you know, certain breweries to other breweries, kind of thing like that, it's uncalled for. It, it goes back to this... The way uh, the social media is where everybody can just talk shit no matter what. And, and that's what I think kills me because, you know, it's one thing for me to criticize your beer, but I'll do it to your face kind of thing. I'm not going to sit there and hide behind a computer and tell you... It's a, uh, but me forthcoming of, uh, hey, there's better ideas. There's probably a better way to buy ingredients. There's probably a better way to make hop contracts. There's probably a better way to buy adjuncts. There's probably a better way for organ fruit. There's probably a better way to do this that we can all be. Everyone can win. Exactly. And maybe something like that, spearheading something like that, could actually reduce some of the tension. Shit, it could be on a national level. It could be. No. I mean, this is, I mean you're just talking like uh, statewide. I'm just, well, I'm just, yeah, I'm talking local-wide. Yeah, when I first brought that up to the Virginia, the whole state, it, it didn't get, it, it didn't get like kicked back in my face. It just got said, hey, we're focused on these. And I said, I get that. I said, but there's got to be a, a next battle we need to fight. And what do we do? And how do we keep everybody together? And SB Senate Bill 604, this whole tasting room bill, um, you know, it was a it was a it was a blessing to the to the manufacturing groups like me and a handful of others. But it did. We're not lawyers. It opened up a whole Pandora's box of all these other small breweries. Again, which I'm proud to be Virginia beer. Uh, but now, now this whole like I'm cool, you're not kind of thing. And that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, I don't give a shit, man. I've been around longer than y'all. and We're still here. Yeah. still winning. Yeah. I mean, hopefully that attitude will stop. It could just be like the typical, like, rookie kind of people who are, like, sort of in the game, getting some attention, getting some hype, and maybe, you know, 
that's the thing. Getting a little. I think heads get. I think heads get blown up. I mean, like, if you see the way, I mean, I guess you know, like, on social, and then maybe they see the lines, and then, like, they go to festivals, they have the big line and stuff like that, yeah. so potentially that could affect it, and it's just because you've been here over time, and at the end, time will generally soften that out, like, it just has to, yeah. you can't, you wouldn't, they wouldn't last if they still were behaving a certain way. Well, like I said earlier, I don't want, no one to see another 1990s uh, bubble burst. And whether it becomes like I was telling you and uh, Tiff, Tiff, yep. Uh, is it going to be a liken to like a New York restaurant scene where one closes, two open, two close, one opens? Possibly, but is it really to me? Because no one really wants to see this thing just completely implode on itself. Um, I think that will be discouraging to any craft or just beer drinker in general. I think it would be uh, it would be horrible for local economies because Terrible. this is I mean the amount of taxes shit the amount of taxes that I generate <laughs> right uh, is huge. And even like yeah the people that you're employing yeah and, like there's a you know there's a lot that goes into this type yeah. of stuff and like for, for such a growing sector with so many elements that are like there's the beer itself and all these distribution companies yep. that probably didn't exist a few years ago as well yeah and these, these stores specialty stores now yep. groceries have a whole section now yeah aside from the ones that they be bully out of there that's you true know, they got these specialty like the bottle shops and stuff like that i mean like for beer to go somewhere it's definitely not going to uh not going to be positive how you doing bud well Look at this guy. Is he, uh, he was the gentleman we met before? No, that's uh, yeah, the guy in the blue. Yeah, the different. Uh, yeah. Oh, the guy in the blue was. I'm yeah. sorry. Nice. Um, bro, that was a pleasure. Thank you we so done? much. Hey, is there anything else you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We've been doing this for like two hours, three yeah. hours. So. Yeah, about two hours. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so, where can people find O'Connor online on the internet? Oh, it's already going on, man. What's, do you know the Instagram and the website? Details? I don't. No? Tiffany will find it. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I just didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Alright guys, that's it. Thank you so much for watching. If you enjoyed the episode, smash a thumbs up. Hit subscribe below. Hit the notification bell so you know when the new stuff drops. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the Low Form Audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Uncle Kevin right here talking about craft beer in Virginia. That is it guys. Thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Cheers. Alright, bud.